This is Monty in the Morning, the show Phoenix Magazine readers voted number one talk radio show in Arizona. Number one during your morning commute. Number one whenever news breaks during your day. And number one whenever and wherever you want to talk sports. Now it's time for Monty in the Morning. Hey, yo, man, how the heck are you? It is the Monty Show, live in the Maverick Center studios that we have spent a fortune building. How the heck are you? Happy Football Friday. On the show, as always, presented by our good friends at the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. If you've been in Iraq, if you need help, if you need an attorney, if you're asking yourself, should I hire a lawyer? Yeah, the answer is yes, you should. Get to utahadvocates.com right now. There are no consultation fees. There are no retainers. You can chat with them online for free. You never pay the advocates until they win your case at utahadvocates.com. A lot to get to this morning as always. What the heck was that last night? Out of your Utah Utes, an incredible performance. Um, As the Utes go to Pullman, Washington and find a way to win without Cam Rising. I said I said Cam Rising did not play and nobody knew he was not going to play. Apparently he has an undisclosed knee injury uh, that he is dealing with. By most reports, he is dealing with a knee injury and he was unable to go after the game. Kyle Whittingham said it was Cam's call. Jake, that's a heck of a win for the Utes. Yeah, you know, I think that <clears throat> I, I think that Kyle Whittingham, you know, just has this way about making sure that his team is prepared. And 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 I think whether you're talking about you know backup quarterbacks or backup defensive backs or or you know just the depth on the team, I think that guys are are you know just always kind of ready to step up. And it's really interesting to me the way they kind of went about this. You know, I mean, all the way up to the the starting huddle on the sideline basically um you know it appeared that cam was gonna go and everything was normal and then you know you send your backup out there and i think that that is you know i i I think if you're gonna handle it you know a certain way that's a great way to go about it i think you caught washington state off guard i felt like you know overall your offense didn't change a ton i do think cam rising is a more effective passer obviously but Overall, like I think, you know, the offense in totality looked pretty good. You know, I, I know they didn't score a ton of points, but it, it's not like you had this big fall off or you had like some huge change. You know, I, I thought the biggest thing was was not having Tavy on there, obviously, was was, you know, obviously a big deal. You know, you once again are playing with different names in that backfield and and I don't know what 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 we're supposed to make of this season because it does feel like it's very much like a a patchwork kind of season like you're having to just go week by week and and every week has been different every week has sort of presented this new challenge and it's and it's really interesting like i i look at football in this state and it's one of the most dynamic seasons i think we've ever had you know whether you look at what you know what's happened at byu and everything we've talked about with that whether you're whether you're looking at the utes and 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 where they're at and they get this incredible win over sc you know right after they had lost to ucla like it's just crazy times in football right now and 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 i think this type of win when you're on a thursday night it's cold you're up in pullman would have been easy to lose this game i think it's i think it's a a a classic kyle whittingham hard-nosed victory yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. This was, 
I don't know. Is the right way to say it? They won ugly. It feels like it is. I mean, the defense was spectacular at times last night. Um, but obviously, the story is Bryson Barnes. And isn't this what we always talk about with BYU? BYU. Depth played a critical role in in Utah's win last night. You're on the road on a Thursday night in Pullman, Washington, a place it would be very easy to roll over and lose that game. But instead, the Utes bring out Jaquindon Jackson at running back. Um, the Utes bring out Bryson Barnes at quarterback, and they don't miss a beat offensively. Now, were they prolific? No. Were they explosive? Not really. But they were good enough to beat Washington State last night in a huge game, which I think we even referred to on this show yesterday as a must-win for the Utah Utes, and I think that's exactly what they did. And I think it shows you how well and how, how much – depth the Utah Utes have recruited Jake and I think it's absolutely a tip of the cap to these coaches yeah and I think that you know when you when you recruit and you are able to build depth it, it gives you almost like an insurance policy on some level it gives you this ability to to deal with adversity a little bit better and I think that that it, it's just it, it's an intangible you have to have you have to have the ability to you know, suffer an injury. You have to have the ability to lose lose a guy and have the next guy come in and, and do a job. And I think that that's the hard part, like, with with football is is when you don't have that depth and you bring the guy, the depth guy in and you suffer in certain areas, it affects other people. So, like, you know, if you lose your starting quarterback and your backup quarterback can't come in and run the offense and, and be – you know, at least serviceable, can at least move the football and, and do his job, that's really going to hurt you, obviously. And so, like, last night, if, if you know, he if, if Bryson Barnes isn't able to come in and, and, and do the job and you don't have Tavion, you know, and you're stuck with basically backups everywhere who are subpar, you're not going to win this game. So that's why I say, like, it's so crucially important to be able to play your backup. And that's why I was so harsh on on like on BYU in the Notre Dame game. Why is Jacob Conover not playing? Well, you see at Utah, Bryson Barnes does play, apparently, when the starting quarterback is injured. So that's why I say it is crucially important that you recruit. It is crucially important that you have that pipeline. Uh, and not only you have the pipeline, that you develop that talent so then they can come in and contribute. Yeah, and I, I think this goes back to your whole thing about Kalani Sataki being too nice and you know worrying about Jaron Hall instead of worrying about the program, and I think that's a great point here because Cam Rising made the decision on his own if you believe Kyle Whittingham, and I do, and I think that, that that's a very interesting way to allow your players to operate. Uh, when you allow your players to make decisions that impact the football team and you allow your players to, uh, you know, take themselves out of games. and Because let's be honest, this was a huge game for Utah. This was coming off of a bye. It was after the USC win. It would have been easy to excuse the loss um, without Cam Rising, without Tavion Thomas. You know, like it would have been easy. But they, they instead came out and won the game. They weren't looking for excuses. They were looking for the dub, and they got it. And I just – I cannot say enough about what this says about the the, the Utah Utes football program because I, I think it's massive. I just think it's it's incredible that they were able to go up there and get that win. I mean, I, uh, again, I don't know how you won that game. Yeah. I don't. I mean, 21-17. I think it, I think yeah, like I think it goes against every logical assumption about how this game will go, and I think that – you know, you, you always understand that 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 
Kyle Whittingham's always going to have, you know, a quality defense. But, like, early in this game when Clark Phillips falls down and, you know, you, they, they, they take that touchdown lead, like, yeah. you're like, damn, man, like, here we go. We're in Pullman. It's Thursday night. Clark just happens to fall down, which almost never happens, and now all of a sudden we're on the wagon wheel. You know, we're on the we're on the hamster wheel. No, that's rather. that's Sorry. BYU and yeah, Utah. I know. We're on the hamster Still, wheel. Sorry, the, ha the wagon wheel. Yeah, you know, it's a different game. Right. Thank you. Anyway, the, I totally agree. When they threw, when Washington State threw that touchdown, I have to admit, I was doom and gloom. I did not feel good about it, and I just that throw Bryson Barnes made down at the goal line. Um, you know, late, I just, the throw to Money Parks, like, I mean, he just, that, you got to give that kid a lot of credit because that was a big time performance. You now feel like you have a backup quarterback at Utah. Yeah. And I think you haven't been able to say that. And thankfully you haven't had to worry about that since Cam Rising took the job, right? I mean, he's been very durable. He's been reliable and it was stunning to see him on the sidelines and, you know, there were all kinds of people saying, oh, well, it's disciplinary. He's injured. <laughs> you know, like, it's, I mean, I just think that Kyle Whittingham is undervalued, underappreciated, and I, I, the job he did last night. Yeah, he's got him dialed it, in. Nothing short of spectacular. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get uh, your thoughts in here. What's up, Kurt Myers? Good to see you. Um, Kurt says, morning. Nobody saw that one coming. What's the deal with Cam? He's got a knee injury, apparently. Um, so we'll see how long he's out for that. Kyle J says, victory Friday. Let's go. Great win for the U junior varsity team and the Prince of Pigs at QB. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Mike Chase says, morning, fellas. Good win for Utah last night. Travel safe today. Yes, we are heading up to the great white north known as Boise. 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 We have to, again, drive by the blue turf. Do you want to get out and pet it? No, I'm good. I'm good. You, you're. Why do you hate Boise State so much? I don't know. They're just casuals. I don't know. Okay. Salty drunk, uh, clearly not feeling well because he wishes us a good show today. Teddy Wayman, what's up? Uh, Zesty's Retro and Games, Montreal and Jake. Are you an Expos fan? No. I'm not. You know, I, don't, I don't understand that see, one. I apologize. Mont, Mont, Montre, Mont, Montre, Montre. It's a play on our. Uh, Are we clear Mont on that? You know. Uh, Renee Roca says, forgot that game was last night. Well, there you go. Uh, go Utes, BYU sucks, Strange Clouds says. Wow. Okay, I mean, listen, you're entitled. Let That's take fine. your stance. Barfing chickens. Hello. He says, dang, I fell asleep before the Ute game. Sad I missed it. It was, a, it was actually an entertaining <laughs> game to watch. Jake was so upset. I mean, now that you're single, mm -hmm. um, you know, you were, you were again lusting over Kevin Durant as they lost another game. I told yeah. you they were not going to be good this year. I know. You told me. Yeah. I'm never wrong. Right. Ever. Uh, Kurt Myers says, rumor has it BYU will be starting young bloods to find new answers tonight. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Chat, you know, anyway. Uh, Cody Strickland says, not, wow, Nets not doing good. See, Jake, what did I tell you? No, no, uh, no. What is the IR on Utah's tight end on with the injured shoulder? I have no idea what you mean. Uh, Barfing Chicken says, Boise State can take its blue turf and put it in the freaking landfill. Yeah. Okay, at least we're not the only ones that hate Boise State. Yeah. If you guys ever I don't know. I think it will flow. I don't hate Boise State. I just, but what's there to like? Yeah. About Boise. Yeah. I mean, it's a great little town. Are you? It is. Are, what are you excited about for this trip? 
Uh, I mean, obviously we're going for the hockey. You know, I'm sure we'll. You know, we're there for two days this time instead of one. Instead of like 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, uh, we were quite literally in Boise for less than 12 hours two weeks ago. It was miserable. We drove as much as we were there. Yeah. Which is crazy. Uh, but yeah, hey, by the way, did you see the uh, latest episode of Inside the Grizzlies? Yeah, man. You should go check it out. It is on the Utah Grizzlies YouTube channel. Make sure you hit subscribe and like on that. It helps us a lot when you subscribe to the Utah Grizzlies uh, YouTube channel. Boyd Lake says, congrats to the Utes. Strong game with a backup quarterback. Exactly right. How good are they? And this we talked about this because of Pac-12 power ranking. Power! Um, the Pac-12 power rankings has Utah fourth. Right. Oregon, UCLA, USC, and then Utah. I, I, I think it's Utah and Oregon. And I still maintain it. I know they, they lost. I get it. Utah's better than UCLA. Uh, I, I I truly believe that. Uh-huh. I think it's Oregon, U, Utah, USC, and UCLA. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm just not showing UCLA enough love. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Oregon's home field advantage is the only leg they have to stand on. I mean, I, they haven't been that. They haven't been a great road team. I think that you know the the problem is they haven't really they haven't lost at home. So you know, obviously, you know, Utah is going to have that opportunity. I don't know if they get that job done or not, but I'm assuming that's why you're resting Cam against Washington State. Um, you know, so we'll we'll see. I mean, if you're asking me what what I think the ranking is, yeah, I think you you, you have to give Oregon the number one spot for sure. I would you do, yeah, I think you do right now. Okay. Um, I think I, I think I'd probably go Utah, then I'd probably go UCLA, then USC because I think I think UCLA and USC are pretty close. I think Utah um, obviously beat USC. And, you know, I think I feel like Utah should have beat UCLA. They didn't. So if you want to flip flop those two, I guess I could see that. But I don't know. I think if they played again, Utah would win. You do. Yeah, I do. I do, too. OK, good. So we're we're like like minded. We're sympathetic. Yeah, and, we're synced up and, you know, stuff, and stuff. You know, um, I think that this weekend in the Pac-12, I, I and listen, I'm trying to get excited is there a big game, and we'll talk about this on Football at 50 presented by Papa Murphy's. I, I, I don't know that there's a big game in college football this weekend that excites me. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to be excited. We're in that part of the schedule where you're getting the rando matchups. Yeah, but why, though? Why? I, I See, like, this is why. What, what, this is why. Um, this is what I say. Like, I, I look at, at the, the games this weekend, and I look at Oregon and Cal at, at, in Berkeley. Why am I excited about that game? Yeah, I, I mean, don't I, I don't have a whole lot of reason to be excited about a three and four Cal team. Yeah, but let's see. Is this the week that Oregon falls flat on their face? I don't know. I mean, you've got what is it? I guess you've got two weeks and then in three week, three weeks from now, it's Oregon, Utah. Mm -hmm. So is this the week that Oregon falls flat on their face? Maybe. I don't know. I just I, I, I don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be a jerk There's about it. There's nothing invigorating about the schedule this week. It there really is, is not. Is. Like, it's There's not. one of those weeks where it's just not, it's not anything exciting, nothing to write home about. And I know? get worn out. If we're being honest, I get worn out on everything SEC. You know, like, it, because that's where the games are. If you look at the biggest games in the Pac-12 this weekend. Yeah. I mean, USC and Arizona. I'm, I, 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 who's excited about that? Arizona State and Colorado, two of the worst teams in college football. I'm not excited about that. Stanford at UCLA, I'm not excited about that. Yeah. Right? But I got to be honest with you, if we go to the Southeastern Conference, 
I mean, I look at Florida, Georgia, that's a huge game, but Georgia's a 22 and a half point favorite in that game. Yeah. What I'm not excited about that. Old I I mean, probably the game of the weekend probably is Kentucky, Tennessee. Right. But if you look at Old Miss and Texas A&M, you know, I mean, I, I'm I'm all right. Old Miss Texas A&M's a big game. I mean, the lane yeah. train. Yeah. Yeah. See, but this is what I mean. This is why like when people are like, "Oh, well, football's the best thing since sliced bread." It's like, "Yeah, cool." good football is right like good matchups are but i'm not here for some of these garbage lane, matchups. lane train yeah like come and on dude lane I, train I, and jimbo like, come on dude i i i get it man I, I i get that the sec is awesome i don't even disagree with that but i just yeah i don't know by the way i'm taking uh i'm taking a&m in that game okay i think that could be an upset special as long as it's not arizona hey by the way i want to get to um uh, and we welcome your comments, obviously, on um, on Utah. But I want to get to this Amazon story because one of the things I think is really interesting, and I'd love to hear from our, our viewers on this. Um, do you believe that college football can thrive on Amazon, Amazon Prime, Amazon Friday night, Amazon Saturday afternoon? Because, you know, we were talking about it yesterday. And as much as it pissed off Utah fans on Twitter yesterday, and it did, which, I mean, I guess is always, is, I mean, it's not very difficult to do. Um, but then yesterday, after we reported this, all kinds of people jumped on the train that Amazon and the Pac-12 are talking, but that Amazon's reticent to do a deal because they are concerned about the quality of matchup. And I, I guess my question is, if Utah and Washington State last night are on Amazon Prime. Is that a reason you would subscribe? Would mm. you have watched this game on Amazon Prime last night? I can tell you, I would rather have Amazon Prime than Pac-12 Network, which I currently, as a DirecTV customer, have no access to. But my question is, do you, do you value, as a sports fan, do you value Amazon Prime as a platform? I think they're doing a much better job. They've improved significantly on Thursday night football. Uh, we watched a good bit of that game last night, um, even in Spanish language, which was mucho gusto, mucho gusto. Right. You know, Benintendi, you know, like it was amazing. And watching that game on Amazon last night, I actually thought they did a great job. And I think Amazon's improved a lot. And then you hear Amazon talking about the fact that, hey, you know, we are, we would really like to have college football and that they are engaged with the Pac-12 and the Big 12 and they have had conversations with the Big 10. And I guess my question is, are we just waiting for the first college football, uh, you know, shoe to drop and everything's going to be on Amazon? And as a football fan, are you okay if all of your football, the NFL, college football is going to slowly but surely to Amazon Prime. I feel like I am. I'm an Amazon Prime customer. I watch Prime Video regularly. Mm -hmm. I think this is the norm now, not the exception. Yeah, I think that, you know, the 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 biggest fight is going to be, you know, the the balance between being on a streaming app versus being on traditional TV. Like when you're when it's Friday night and you've got hockey on and you've got you know like the world series you've got you know the nba like and then you've got college football like and then 
to find college football, you got to hop over to the Amazon Prime app on your smart TV. But then, you know, to get back to the NHL, you got to go to the direct TV option on your TV. Like, I think that's what people get burned out on. And I think that people are are always reliably going to go to what's comfortable. And I think what's comfortable is where all of your options are easily available to you. So that would be my only hesitation. I think if if you had premier matchups on Amazon or if you had a lot of different matchups on Amazon, then I think, you know, it becomes a little more palatable because then there's different things to watch. But like right now, it's like, hey, we have this one. It's like we have a special every week. We have one game every week that that we're showcasing essentially and so that's why it's working for them right now but as they pay for more media rights and they show more games i think that that becomes a little it's just the water's a little murky on that i feel like because of the inconvenience of flipping back and forth so for me like i have amazon is that inconvenient yeah it's inconvenient it's inconvenient as hell they have to 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 you know like because you've got like so as a direct tv customer you've got your direct tv remote then you've got your remote that came with your physical TV that allows to you to operate the smart yeah, TV part. Yeah, like so, you're using multiple remotes. You're you're having to wait for it to load. If you don't have amazing internet, then you're gonna have to wait for it to buffer and stream. <laughs> if you don't like, have amazing but you, internet, but you see what I mean? Like there are there are things here that that don't make the viewing experience as, as comfortable. Yeah, and I I think one of the interesting parts of this is that internet question because I don't think, and I think a lot of us take it for granted. I can tell you, you know, building this studio we're sitting in, gig speed internet was a huge deal. And I think that on the regular, how many people, how many people watching this show right now have gig speed internet? I would I would guess not not most people. And I think that's a huge problem because if if you're you know, a, a simple internet home customer, there's a real good chance that your streaming is not going to be great. You're going to buffer, you're going to spin, you're going to be loading. And I think that's a big part of this. But I think the other thing is that has to become the norm in this in this country. And I think if we're going to watch major sports on Amazon, it's going to be on a mobile device. Yeah. The day of watching Amazon Prime Video on your TV, I think those days are numbered. I, I truly do. I think when you look at the way that Amazon Prime is is building their platform, they are very mobile phone friendly, iPad, yeah. tablet friendly. That's really where Amazon Prime's thriving. Now, are they on TV? Yes. And to your point, it is actually kind of a pain in the ass to have to switch to the smart TV. And I agree with you, but I think that's where we're going as consumers. I mean, I, I have to be honest with you. If Amazon offered a full tier package, if I could get Chicago PD on Amazon, I'd be watching it every week on Amazon, but I can't. And that's why I'm a subscriber to direct TV, which I love. Yeah. But when you look at where Amazon is positioned, I do believe that when, when, when this all shakes out and college football expansion shakes out, that you are going to have Amazon Prime be the major streaming partner for all three, the Big Ten, the Pac-12, if it survives, and the Big 12. And I think listening to Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the of the Big 12, talk about that, I think only validates my feelings on How it. How do you look at streaming as part of the television packages you're creating? I think streaming is critically important. It's a way to reach younger consumers. Um, uh, but I think right now, my goal is to be on the broadest base platform possible. 
because we need to grow some of our emerging brands. We, we need to distribute the Big 12 uh, as broadly as possible. Uh, but there's a place for that digital player. And, you know, currently with ESPN, we have Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. And as we continue the conversations with ESPN, I know there's a commitment um, to glamorizing us and showcasing us in the biggest way possible on their digital platform. And you'll see that in advance of any kind of extension, because uh, we've got two more years after this one on our current deal. So digital plays a key component, and it's part of the mix. It's interesting the way he says that, because he says digital. And I think anymore, you have to get on board with the fact that Amazon's not quote-unquote digital. Amazon is the entertainment choice for a lot of people in this country. Yeah, And I think when you look at the, the deal that they're talking about, and from what TV sources have told me, they're not talking about just streaming games. They're talking about a complete entertainment package. They're talking about a docu-series similar to Hard Knocks. They're talking about all kinds of one-off content. Uh, they're talking about folding NIL money into all of these deals. Like Amazon's not looking to just carry games and then go about their business. They're looking to be the college football, the NFL, the NBA, because don't be surprised if the NBA is, is on a place like Amazon. But what also did Brett Yormark say in that video he talked about ESPN Plus, which we've told you mm -hmm. repeatedly. We, you know, our sources have been telling us that ESPN wants the right to stream games on their platform. Thanks. ESPN wants the right to do inside the Big Twelve and and do these these docu series type programming because that's what these conferences now require. It's no longer good enough to say, well, yeah, we'll put your games on uh, on Fox and. ESPN and uh, you'll pay us a lot of money to do that or, or you know right like that's not what it is anymore right it's hey okay well as ESPN we're going to give you you know a hundred million dollars a year and we're going to put you know two of your best games on the ESPN family networks and we're going to do a docu-series on you know ESPN plus and we're going to have a daily show on the big 12 and 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 like you're going to just keep doing all of this stuff. Yeah. And it only gets bigger and bigger. And so I know it seems like almost a ridiculous question. I do think Amazon is controlling college football expansion right now. Because when you look at where the Big 12 and the Pac-12 are specifically, because I think the Big 12 and the Pac-12 need Amazon. I think it's not optional. I think they need Amazon to survive. I, it's, it, especially in the Pac-12. I think without a, a, a major streaming player coming in, and again, remember what we're talking about, Amazon and the in the Pac-12, I think in, in best case scenario, Amazon would be tier two, right. which means the second best game of the week, you know, that second, third best game of the week would be on Amazon Prime Video. One on Friday night, one on Saturday night. I think that's what you'd be looking at because remember already, the Big Ten with USC and UCLA has that NBC deal where it's going to be, you know, Big 10 after dark, and it's going to be that late night West Coast Big 10 game that, in my opinion, is going to feature teams like USC and Oregon, because mm -hmm. I do think Oregon and Washington end up in the Big 10. I think that's what you're going to see. But how is that possible? Well, it's only possible if Amazon comes on and, you know, new membership joins the Big 10 and they're, they're able to afford to pay those new members without taking money out of their current membership's pocket. 
That that's the only way Big Ten expansion makes sense. And speaking of expansion, Brett Yormark, who by the way was at UCF yesterday, doing a you know his he's been going around to all of the members of the conference, and he was at UCF, and so he was also asked about. What are you looking for in the Big 12 if you're going to expand? You, you talked a little bit about expanding. Is that something maybe you have to do, maybe because to, to, to provide a little bit of stability? Well, first of all, I love the composition of this conference right now. You know, the eight continuing members and, and the new four members. Uh, and very proud of kind of what's been done prior to my arrival, especially on the expansion front. So we don't have to expand. Only if it's additive, only if it creates value, only if it gets us into a fourth time zone. And a, another component, it needs to be the right cultural fit, whatever that member institution is. We've got great alignment right now amongst our board, amongst our member institutions. We can't compromise that at all. Um, so, uh, you know, as much as I think about expansion, um, I'm also very happy where we are today. And if a year from now, it's just, you know, the 12, that's great. No problem with that at all. That guy is just smooth. Yeah. I mean, he is, remember, he came from Rock Nation. Like, this is an experienced operator. Yeah. And I, I, compare, I compare him to George Klyovkov in the, in the Pac-10. Listen, listen to the difference. You just saw Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the, the Big 12. Here's George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-10. How many UCLA coaches and athletes have you spoken with to assess their thoughts on the move to the Big 10? Uh, I think saying hundreds would be an exaggeration, dozens, more than 100. Um, and I have yet to talk to anyone at, in the UCLA and USC community who's in favor of the move. I will say that I probably hear from folks who are not in favor, right? Not surprisingly. I mean, you're ju he's just not polished. This is the same guy in Klyovkov, and I know you're probably tired of hearing me railing this guy, but this is the same guy who in that same press conference for that was it Pac-12 basketball media day, mm -hmm. he was asked, okay, well, hey, George, you said that you had penciled some numbers out uh, about how UCLA would lose money. Can you tell us what those numbers are? You can go, his answer was, well, go look them up. Well, you, you did, you know, you did give them to the UC Board of Regents. Yeah, you can go look it up. It's, you know, you can go find the numbers. Yeah. So you don't have the numbers and you're not willing to share the numbers that you say are absolutely rock solid and prove that UCLA shouldn't go to the Big Ten. Like he just, George Klyopkov to me, strikes as this guy who's desperate and just throws stuff against the wall in hopes. And when you say things like, well, we did some, you know, we penciled it out on the back of an envelope. Yeah. It's like, dude, what are... You, you, when you're talking about the livelihood and the survivability of these of these universities and of these programs, you can't pencil it out on the back of an envelope and then refuse to answer the question. Yeah, because when you then are compared to your competitor and Brett Yormark, it makes you look like a fool. Yeah, and I think George Klyovkov, instead of being this great replacement, right, for Larry Scott, who was by all accounts an abject failure as a commissioner. Larry Scott, the former commissioner of the Pac-12, was an abject failure. George Klyovkov was supposed to be this operator, this tactician that was going to come in and elevate the, the Pac-12 to this new level, and he's done anything but. He looks desperate. He panders to guys like John Wilner, and, and John obviously has a huge following. He's very good at what he does. I'd probably be pandering to him too, Yeah. but it, it's surprising 
the lack of facts that he has provided, like when he went on John Wilner and John Cantano's podcast and they did nothing to back it up, like they didn't ask him follow-up questions. Nope. And I think John Canzano is absolutely a, a clown. I think the guy just is a shill for the Pac-12 because he never has facts. He never asks backup questions, never asks follow-ups, never asks for foundational cementing information. George Klyovkov is running around out west unchecked. Yeah, and I think he's just, there's no structure to his messaging. There's no, you know, like direction or, you know, like like strategy or anything. Like with your mark, you can clearly tell that there is this sort of, this sort of, hey, we're, we're, we're looking forward, right? We're, 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 we're pushing forward. We're happy with where we are now, but also in that same light, we want to make sure that, that our future is secure, you know? And whether we're talking streaming or expansion or whatever the case may be, yeah. we want to make sure that we're, that we're in a good spot moving forward. And, and everything that he says and every time I hear him speak, that's, that's sort of, it's always in that sort of bubble, if you will. Yep, I agree. Uh, game of the weekend, according to Eric and Raleigh, is East Carolina over BYU. We'll find out about that. Yeah. Uh, MI Monty fan says, I'm curious to know what the deal really was with Cam. Rising. Hope he's okay. They will need him down the stretch. But yes, Boyd Lake, I agree. Second stringer played pretty good before I fell asleep. Uh, I think he's injured. I think he's been dealing with a knee injury. Uh, Boyd Lake says, do you think it was load management by the Utes? I absolutely do not. I do not. Uh, Barfing uh, Chicken said, to be honest, I like watching games where both teams suck. It's kind of funny seeing who can punt the most. Okay. Okay. Chris Taylor says, TCU versus West Virginia or Okie State versus K-State. Well, the Oklahoma State game is actually a pretty big game. Yeah. I would agree with that. Boyd Lake says, does Amazon Prime have the coverage uh, for it to be a good deal? Oh, I, I, I mean, what coverage do you need other than it's available worldwide? Uh, on any phone or tablet. Yeah, and that's kind of the actual And factor. smart TVs. Yeah, like with DirecTV, that, that's kind of the limitation there. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, whether we're talking about the reason we got on the YouTube, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever it was, or like why, why college football is going to Amazon, it's the cell phone. That's like, it's that it's simple. You have to be on the phone. Yeah, and I think that was specifically the reason that we did it, you know, because... Um, you know, Periscope, the live streaming app on Twitter went away and, and we knew we needed a long-term fit. And you look at the numbers, I mean, our reach on tablet, our reach on, I mean, frankly, YouTube puts you on phones, tablets, computers, and TVs. I mean, the, the number of people that watch our show on televisions is, is pretty remarkable. Um, now it's not close to the number of people that watch a show on a TV, uh, and on a tablet, but the point is, when you look at Amazon Prime, Amazon Prime is anywhere you want to watch it, and I think that's really the message when you're talking about your your game rights, your television rights. You have to be where the consumers want to be found, and there are some people that want to be found on TV, and there are some people that want to be found on on mobile, and Amazon Prime can meet you anywhere you want to be. That that I think is is the big deal. Uh, the biggest stories in sports on the Monty Show are presented by Quick Quack Car Wash, as is uh, our Football Friday uh, show every Friday during the football season. Uh, football Friday presented by Quick Quack Car Wash. Make sure that you get it. By the way, did anybody see over the next 10 days the rain and snow that's in the forecast? You Ooh. better 
You better have a wash pass, friends. You know that because, salt's coming out on the road, man. Yeah, you're going to need it. Okay, yeah. guys, I'm going to tell you the secret to impressing my neighbors, the Wyatt co-workers, you name it. I just swing by Quick Quack. It seriously takes two minutes, and people can't stop, won't stop checking me out. Getting a clean car is definitely my best life hack. Kids are messy, camping's dirty, but my truck sure isn't. Yep, quick quack car wash, easy, quick, efficient. I love even when they're busy, it takes five, seven minutes to get through their line. Yep. Um, the people are friendly and they have those wash passes that are really those memberships that are really affordable. And I, I think in our climate, when you have all the rain and snow, uh, I can tell you during the wintertime, I get my car washed twice a week and they they just do a fantastic job. That's why we partner with our good friends at Quick Quack Car Wash here on the Monty Show. Let's get some more of your comments in here. Uh, Cody Strickland says, I wish Amazon bought the Jazz and made them their own channel. And is the Jazz going to upset the Nuggets today or will reality see? Well, well I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, they're eight-point dogs um in that game and i don't know if they lose to denver is it reality sinking in no you know i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't go as far as to say reality would sink in if the jazz lose to the nuggets tonight i mean the number on that game is 229 jeez which is i mean that's crazy that's a high number that's 115 points per team like that is that's incredible so uh i think you're gonna see that that Ryan Smith and the Jazz are going to come come correct with a media package. I really do. I think it, it. I think they know that that's the minimum. Yeah. That is the minimum. Uh, Kurt Meyer says, I was surprised to find the Utah game streaming live uh, last night on YouTube. Well, I didn't even know that, that it was on YouTube last night. Uh, Boyd Lake says, I agree with Jake. I hate going in and out of a ton of apps. I hate commercials. So I like to go back and forth between games and shows, but loading apps to make the change is a pain. Now, I don't, I don't disagree with that. Well, I, I think this conversation around internet speed is also really interesting because like I pay, I pay about 88 bucks a month for direct TV because I have like, I have the basket, like I have a uh, basketball packet, league pass. I have league pass. I also have the NHL package cause I like watching hockey. So like I have a couple of extras because I like watching sports, but I agree with you. If Amazon said tomorrow that they're going to roll out a all inclusive, right, where you get all sports and but maybe that limits like other, you know, news channels or something you got or something like if it was sports specific, I would be willing to entertain that idea. If for sure. YouTube TV had a whole encompassing package, I'd entertain that like I'm yeah. ready. I'm you know what? I love direct TV. I've been a direct TV customer for ages. My God. Yeah. I mean, at least 25 years. Uh, it, that I going back to, man, even when I, I lived in, 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 I mean, it's been like 20, that's crazy. It, it's been going on 20 plus years. It's, it's insanity. I love direct TV, but it's, it, it's expensive and it's not all encompassing. I mean, when you're paying for things like the league pass and you're paying for things like center ice and it gets expensive. I mean, you can spend 400 bucks a month on your TV options, right? And, yeah. and I think for me, frankly, it's a tax write-off, so I actually don't mind doing that, but it's not cheap. And I, I think the reason that I stay with DirecTV is I like the sports. I'm paying for the sports. Now, frankly, League Pass on DirecTV is not that expensive. It's 99 bucks for the year. Yeah. Um, so it's not like some huge number, but it's, it, it is... You know, it, it, it can add up quickly. So my point in all this is, I agree with Boyd. I don't love that I have to go from DirecTV and then, 
you know, hey, I got to pull off the TV remote and flip the prime. And I agree. I don't like watching commercials. Well, and you, and, and you and obviously me, we don't. it's not like we have like young kids running around either. I mean, imagine people who imagine families who have youngsters who want to watch their stuff, too. And it's like it, it just becomes, you know, yeah, endless. Just think about the way you watch TV. Yeah. And think about how having something like Amazon would impact that. Um, Eric and Raleigh says, who watches full football games on Sundays anymore? Red Zone Channel or nothing? Yeah, I have the Sunday ticket. And this is the last year of the Sunday ticket on on DirecTV. Again, who's a major player for the NFL Sunday ticket? Amazon. I mean, it's it's crazy to me. that. And, and by the way, you know who else is a major player for the NFL Sunday ticket? The NFL. Yeah. Because the NFL has an app. And if you look at the NBA, the NBA is going to that model as well. And it, it, it makes you wonder, like, what is the future of cable? What is the future of DirecTV? Yeah, what, I, like, I, I don't know. And I, I think what, it, what my mind goes to is who's going to be the who or, or what company is going to revolutionize the, the content consumption industry um, by giving us or creating uh, uh, an all-encompassing you know, product that, cause that's what it is. That's what we're, that's what we're sitting here talking about. Hey, we need something that gives me every league that I want to watch, right? It gives me, uh, the ability to choose a certain select option of shows. So like, I want to be able to have NBA, NHL, NFL, MLB in one package. Then I want to add Chicago PD and law and order and this show and that show, right? And then I want to add ESPN. I want to add whatever I want. And I want to pay a certain amount for that. Who's going to come up with that? That's the question. Because once that happens, the game's over. DirecTV will be dead. Like, everything will be dead once yeah. that happens. I, I think it's a, I think the question becomes, how do you want to watch TV anymore? Yeah. And uh, frankly, for me, I, I agree. Again, not to keep saying I agree with Boyd, but he is brilliant. Um, I want one option. Yeah. That's what I want. And it's probably not realistic. You're probably going to have to flip app to app and platform to platform. But... I think for, I would safely say the next five years, I don't think my TV watching will change. I think I will continue to have DirecTV in some form or fashion, and I will continue to use Amazon or, you know, like we don't subscribe to Netflix anymore. Right, neither do I. Which is kind of nutty. But yeah, I, Eric, I don't, watch, I don't watch whole football games anymore. You know, with the Sunday ticket, I flip around quite a bit. Um, Jerem Patterson. Good morning, Jerem. Uh, if games are on that I am interested in, I don't care if it's Nick Jr. I'm subscribing and getting my Papa Murphy's pizza and kicking my feet up. First world problems. That's how we like to. Well, what, yes. did we, what did we do last night? Yeah. Got Papa Murphy's pizza. Put it on the smoker. Watched. You know, what did we watch last night? What were we watching? We were watching the Nets game last night. We were watching. What else were we watching? Man, we were we we flipped around a lot last night. Last night was a flip around night. I feel like. Um, and then obviously Utah. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's kind of how I feel like we like to do it, especially in Utah when you have seasons and you have, um, you know, you you have the cold season coming in. Like you get the fall breeze and, yep. and it just is. You're in the fields, man, and it's really nice to. You're in the fields. Yeah. Did you just say yes. you're in the fields, yes. man? Yes. Is that what you said there? Yes. Wow, that, it real. that was impressive. I'm all up in my fields. Yeah. How are you doing, by the way, being single? Did you, is your forearm tired this morning or like what's the, you know? No, no, I'm fine. I'm, you know, improving. Do you feel better today than you did yesterday? You were a miserable SOB yesterday. Yeah, it's not fun. 
It's not fun. Uh, but yeah, we uh, we were watching we were watching um, NBA hoop. We were watching a little uh, NFL Thursday night football. And then eight o'clock when the Utes game came on, we flipped over to the Utes game. Like, and it was awesome because yeah, we got the Papa Murphy's pizza. Use promo code Monty twenty five. I yeah. can only Jerem. I hope you do the same. Use promo code Monty twenty five to save yourself twenty five percent off your purchase of twenty five dollars or more. Um, I can tell you, uh, we ordered a sixteen inch and a medium veggie pizza for Mrs. Monty, who's a vegetarian, which. Pretty much means I'm a vegetarian. Obviously. Um, and because I'm a vegetarian, yeah. You're pretty hey much vegetarian. Um, saved us nine dollars last night. It's nice, dude. I mean, it's it's a pretty good saving. So uh yeah, I appreciate that. Uh I pre- appreciate you guys supporting the sponsors of the show. Um, Jerem, good for you. Renee Roca says, I'm not watching a football game on a phone unless I'm on the go. I think that when we talk about first world issues, I think that could be one of those. I think there's a lot of people who would love not to watch it on a phone. Yeah. But there's a lot of people whose only option is to watch it on a phone. Um, I think in in today's day and age where we kind of take our own existence as everybody's existence, there's a lot of people who don't have access to phones. There's a lot of people who don't have internet. So it's, yeah, and think about that. There's a lot of people in this world and in this country who don't have internet. They don't have internet at home. They have burner phones, you know, yeah. like, so it's, it's just, it all depends on your situation. Eric and Raleigh says when Verizon had the NFL add on, they blocked people from connecting their phones to the TV. People don't want to watch things on a small phone, <laughs> phone screen. No, yeah. I, I, I think that's absolutely. And that's what Renee's point was, Yes, you know, but I can tell you, I remember having Sunday ticket when you were a high school baseball player, um, we absolutely watched a lot of football on an, on an iPad and on an on iPhone. I mean, I we used to do that routinely. Uh, Kurt Meyer says one game on the TV and one on the phone. There you go. There you go. Boyd Lake says ESPN, Disney, and Hulu, are, are they big enough to beat Amazon Prime? Mm-hmm. I think ESPN and Disney are. Although the question is, can Disney execute at the level that Amazon has for Thursday Night Football? That's the big question, like, because I think Disney would like to get involved in some form or fashion because you already have ESPN Plus, right? right? ESPN and Disney obviously are the same company. On the on the Disney platform, I don't know that that works. On ESPN, yes, they can. The other one that you have to ask yourself, hey, can you execute, is Apple TV. Can Apple execute sports at a high level? I mean, they don't currently do that. Right, I mean, they, they with MLS they're going to, but think about college football. How much bigger? And I think college football specifically, there's a lot more of storylines in college football. Yeah, you have to respect history and tradition in college football. And I don't know that a new player like Disney, ESPN, I think could handle it. Hulu, I don't know. I don't know what the answer on Hulu is. I don't know what the answer on Apple TV is. I'll be interested to see. How many MLS fans go to go to Disney or go to Apple? Because I think there's a lot of MLS fans that are pissed. Like, is is RSL football really RSL football without David James? No. Not on TV, it's not. Is is RSL really RSL without Bill Riley calling it on the radio? It's probably not. So what are we gonna get on on Apple TV without David James? I think that's a huge that's a huge question. Yeah. I think that is a huge, huge question. Totally. A big one. 
Uh, Salty Drunk says, I can't believe you think the majority of your subs are interested in streaming availability and leave the show with it. Come on. What, what do you mean? Like, do you understand how big this story is? Like Amazon is absolutely controlling college football. There, yeah, this I, is a big story. Dude. Yeah, it's a huge story. Yeah. I don't think it's even close. Eric and Raleigh says, getting away from Twitch was absolutely the right call. Twitch was never going to be a sustainable platform. It's not. You can't grow it. It's very difficult to monetize on it. Yeah. Uh, I think. Uh, Matt Ritson says, YouTube TV, best unlimited DVD and cheap and got local channels. See, Matt, I agree with you. I really liked YouTube TV, but it's to me, I think it's... It, how, what would make me switch to YouTube TV? You've, you've used it. You've had it. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I didn't like that you, you, you couldn't get things like the league pass inside of YouTube TV. That was kind of my, that was kind of my struggle. I think that's and, it. Yeah. And my thing is you have to understand for me, I, I just don't, I'm not home a lot. Like I'm not home a lot in front of my own TV. I would guess, do you watch more TV at my house than you do at your house? Yeah, like I'm not I'm not home a lot. Like I'm not. So like the only thing that I really watch when I'm at my place is, is like basketball or, you know, like I don't watch TV shows or anything like that. So. And I got to tell you, with ESPN and TNT, I don't subscribe to Center Ice. Yeah. Because I get a lot of hockey. Yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's an interesting question, Matt. I don't know what, I'm not sure what it would take to force me over to that. You know what I mean? Uh, Eric and Raleigh says the NBA app is absolutely atrocious, but it won't always be. Yeah. I agree. The NBA app has a lot of technical issues, but I mean, they're going to, they have the money and they are clearly evolving. So it's not great. Now, Renee Roca says, I watch full games, Cowboys and Chiefs every week. I never jump around. Really? Really? I totally jump around. Yeah. I never sit on one game. Yeah. I don't. Uh, Boyd Lake says, NFL plus, baby. That reminds me. Guys, guys, guys. NFL on the 50 in 10 minutes. <coughs> wow, are we that far behind on comments? Yeah. Holy cow. Uh, Boyd Lake says, veggie pizza from Papa Murphy's is dope. Yeah. What is your favorite Papa Murphy's pizza? The one we get. I, I love the I, I love the, the barbecue sauce as a game changer. I know we say it every day, but like. Going when we did that, I was just like, "Wow, this is like a whole new world of pizza." Like you go barbecue sauce with a good cheese. The traditional crust is definitely my go-to over the thin. Um, and then I'm telling you that you made the point about cherry pellets yesterday. Totally spot on. Cherry pellets with regular crust is where it's at. Yeah, totally agree with that. Speaking of which, ten to the hour every hour we bring you nothing but the biggest stories in football on football at fifty. Presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 and get 25% off. I don't know. I'm just being born. Get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more. Uh, coming up in 10 minutes, we'll get to BYU versus East Carolina. What do you guys make of this Tom Brady story last night? For the first time in his career, Tom Brady's team is two games under 500. Um, he sat in front of his locker after the game. And he was the last guy to take off his clothes, his pads. He sat in his full dress uniform in front of his locker. And a lot of people say he was being nostalgic because he's going to announce his retirement. Eh, what do you make know. of that? I don't know about all that. I think that 
I think that he doesn't like losing. That's what I think. I think that he's he, they're having a frustrating season. Like, the guy is the ultimate competitor, always has been. And Tom Brady doesn't strike me as a guy who's going to quit in the middle of a season. You know, I, I, I could see retiring at the end of the year. Okay. But I, I don't I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the pressure of the Giselle divorce and everything going on. It's uh, is, it's, uh, it's Jizzy, please. Yeah, sorry. The the, the Jizzy divorce uh, is leaning on him. And maybe, maybe that will push him to retire early. But he just doesn't strike me as that guy. I'm not saying he's walking away now. But I think Tom Brady is is watching that career dissipation light blinking in the corner of his eye. And I think Tom Brady is seeing the end is near. And I think we're watching Tom Brady not be the effective thrower. I think Aaron Rodgers is in this exact same boat. We're watching Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers not be the effective throwers they've been in the past. And it's what I always say, Father Time is undefeated. And he is not ever going to lose. And I look at Tom Brady and... At some point, we all lose that it factor, and mm -hmm. I think he potentially has lost it. Um, I also think it's cost prohibitive to bet against Tom Brady, but I don't see any way the Tampa Bay Bucks make the playoffs, and I think he goes out uh, with a whisper, and I think that's very difficult for a competitor like Tom Brady to digest that yeah. you're going to go out not at the top of your game, and maybe Jizzy Jizzy Wah Wah was right yeah. uh, when she said that he should have retired, and he should have. And this is a guy that's got to deal with Fox. Fox already has a contingency where they would like to have a three-man booth for the Super Bowl, and they would like to have him on set of uh, the pregame and postgame show analyzing. Like, Tom Brady's got options after his playing career. Yeah. And it, it, it just strikes me that this is probably the time for him to make that move. Yeah, I, I, I think it's tough. Like, I, I don't know that there's a right time. I think... You know, I could make the case the right time was after you won your last Super Bowl, you know, like go out on top, that that type of deal. But, you know, the, like I said, the guy loves to play the game. Like, you, that's why he's so successful, because he's not there necessarily just to win. Like, he's there because he enjoys yes. watching film and the minutia things. And when you take yourself out of that, and now you're just a, you're an everyday person who is analyzing it's way different man and, and that's just a different like you're switching lanes in life and i think he's pushing that off as far as he can and i respect that yeah i i think it is i don't think you should ever tell a guy when to retire when, when you're playing a kid's game and i i think obviously injury usually pushes you out of the nfl yeah but i think for a guy like tom brady it's awfully difficult to tell him when to retire i do i mean yeah. You know, it is what it is. Uh, Barfing Chicken says, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have both made the same mistake as Big Ben in retiring way too late. They have had their time. Now they need to realize that they're getting behind the curve. I don't disagree with that. Uh, Salty Drunk says, you got to love football at 50 after talking football for 50. And we would talk a lot of football on the show. I don't know if you know this here in the States, uh, North America. James Knight, who's in Australia. Salty Drunk, by the way, is James Knight. Yeah. And he's in Australia, and uh, it's football season. So when all, uh, the majority of people in our given trajectory like football, we uh, we talk football. It's who we are. It's what we do. Eric and Raleigh says football all around 50. Exactly right. <laughs> to see all around. Right, all around, right. Yeah. All, all around football. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says football at 50 seconds of every minute. Exactly. Yes. Exactly right. Uh, here, He's there because he's the GOAT, Les Wayman says. I would agree. Yeah, he is. I don't know. I, I, do you, 
does somebody need to step to Tom Brady and say, hey, bro, bro, look, Gramps, it's over. Like, does mm. somebody need to, I think everybody needs a no man. Right? That's true. Everybody yes. needs somebody that will step in and say, hey, dude, you know, maybe, you know, maybe she's not the one or maybe that's not the right decision or maybe you should retire. Right. Like, I, I don't know how you say that to Tom Brady. I mean, he's the greatest professional well, athlete there's one in the person history saying of sport. It there's one person well, saying it to him. Jizzy's saying it to him. Are the Bucks saying it to him? Uh, I don't think so. I, I, I don't think you do that. I, I, I Look, dude, I, this let's not overcomplicate this. They're losing games. Like, it is what it is. And he hasn't done much losing in his career. And so I imagine he's learned how to deal with that a little bit. And I think that, you know, it, this is just part of what he's going through. I, I, I think everyone jumps to the retirement thing because it's here, but I don't think we necessarily know that that's why he had that reaction. Uh, we don't know that. Yeah, I don't. I, I would agree we don't know that. How about uh, Cooper Cup? Rams wide receiver Cooper Cup says all games should be played on grass. Jake, go. Yeah, I completely agree with this. I, I, I don't love the, the fake grass type, you know, composite material they use like they do at SoFi. I would play everything on grass. I think you have the technology and the and the wherewithal to maintain it. Like I think, you know, it, it, there's just no reason not to. Like football was born well, in the backyard on a grass field. Why are we playing it on composite? Football fifty ten of the hour every hour on the Monty Show presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. What is the best game in college football this weekend? I, dude, I'm I, I, I I'm struggling to I'm struggling to find a game that I really. On Saturday, because obviously we watched the Ute game last night. You got to watch BYU East Carolina. East Carolina. But you look at the numbers. Ohio State and Penn State. Nah, I'm fine. The number one team in the country, Georgia, plays Florida. Nah, I'm not that interested in that. Oregon Cal. I think I think whoever was commenting earlier, and I, for, I forgive me for forgetting. I do think it's Okie State, K State. Oklahoma State and K-State in Manhattan, Kansas is a big one. Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, yeah, sure. Great. Neat. Awesome. Like, <laughs> that's not, to me, like, yeah, it's a big game. It's meaningful. Sure. That's not a game that I'm sitting down with my popcorn to watch. Like, it's just not. Sitting down? Okay, I'm, I'm just curious. Like, I'm Jake, not, dude. When, when's the last time you sat down and watched a game with, when, when you like, hey, hey, man, time to get the popcorn ready? When's yeah. the last time you did that? Uh, it's been a while. Okay. I don't know. All right, and finally, here's a debate for you on Football at 50. James Knight, you'll appreciate this. Are McRib sandwiches any good? No. Dude. Bro. No. Hell okay. no. Let's have a little fun with this. Let's play this video of this McDonald's worker making McRib sandwiches. Now watch the sauce. He's gonna pull it. That's supposed to be barbecue sauce. Um, I don't know what that is. Is that like brown leather? Is that dude? Dude, dude. no. That just doesn't. No, bro. Right, now we're gonna get another round. No, bro. I, I'm good. I don't need to see another. Dude, round. dude. Are McRib sandwiches any good? No. I'm gonna not, tell not you. Not that no, I. Not, no, no bro. dude. I. I no. Nah, I'm fine. 
And this this cat got fired for this, by the way. Yeah. So there are rules for McDonald's employees. You have all these rules, and that's definitely one you are not allowed to to, to violate. That does not look. And I, I, honest to goodness, I actually think McRibs taste good. I'll never eat another one, dude. I will never ever eat another McRib sandwich. I just, I, I no, can't do it. No, I won't. Can't do it. Uh, Barfing Chicken says, I'd still gladly eat a McRib. <laughs> Dude, I can't. Jeremy Bolton, uh, is anyone surprised by how they make the McRibs? No, they're frozen popsicles. Jake's like, hey, hey, man, uh, hey, bro. Hey, guys. Hey, bro. Jake comes up to me the other day. Bro. Hey, guys. Hey, bro. Hey, guys. Were you aware that hey uh, McRibs are popsicles? He's not wrong. You're not wrong. No, mix spam. Exactly right. NY Monty says a lady I bring to church every week works at McDonald's. And after the story, she tells me I will never eat at McDonald's again. It's a nice McDonald's too. Oh, no. Uh, I'd rather be forced to watch Caruso's career highlights than eat a McRib. What do you, hello? That's not very, that's not very nice. Instead of eating McRibs, why don't we all just get Papa Murphy's pizza? 911, what's your emergency? Something is in my house. I'm sorry, say again? I smell something delicious and I don't know what it is. Ma'am, ma'am, can you describe it for me? It smells like golden crust, freshly shredded cheese and pepperoni. Ma'am, ma'am, we've traced the smell and it's coming from inside your oven. What do you mean? It's a Papa Murphy's Jacko pizza and it's just $10. Ah, amazing. Papa Murphy's. Oh, man. The Jacko Pizza. Yep. One more day of Jacko Pizza ads because then uh, on Monday uh, is Halloween. By the way, do, when do we trick or treat this year? I don't know. Is it Saturday it's or sad- Sunday would, night? I Last would... year it was Sunday night in daybreak. Mm, I don't know. Okay. Best, I don't know the rules. Best Halloween candy. Uh, mm, man, I'm See, a Reese's guy all day. You are totally okay now. Let me, and and I'm hoping. By the way, it's National Chocolate Day. God, I'm so fat. By the way, I'm hoping here on the program that you will fess up that I have converted you on Reese's. What do you mean? The white chocolate's better than the milk chocolate. It is, yes. 100%. Y'all feel me? And you did convert me. This guy. Yeah, you did. Right here. You did. Um,. We walked into uh, QVC the other day. I'm sorry, QVC? <laughs> what is QVC? Did I really just say that? Uh, Donnie? We walked in. What's the drug? Not QVC. CVS. CVS. Bonacane <laughs> and B12. Donnie? We walked into CVS the other day. <laughs> Donnie, please. QVC. We walked into <laughs> CVS the other day, and they had a buy one, get one free bags of Reese's uh, peanut butter white chocolate um, pumpkins. pumpkins. Yes. And so we bought them. We were, we're going to give them away on Halloween if there's any left. Hey this guys. kid just goes ham and eats an entire bag on his yeah, own. Yeah, dude, that's me. That's me right here. I'm on that Zion diet. You know what I mean? Well, no, you're on that repress your feelings of awesomeness. And okay, that's eat, true. Eat your way to depression. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but the point is white chocolate Reese's is better than milk chocolate Reese's. Yeah. I'm telling you now. Yeah. Not that I, and I think candy peanut butter is vastly overrated. I actually think it's not that great. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you, if you're getting, if you're getting, Halloween candy this weekend. What are you hoping for? Because at Casa de Monte, we hand out whole candy bars. This year, it's going to be bags of gummy bears. 
whole candy bars and Reese's white chocolate pumpkins. That's pretty good. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I mean, you better hope that trick-or-treating is on Sunday because we won't be here Saturday. Thanks for ruining that. Um, I, yeah, you know what? <laughs> Boyd Lake says, QVC, the shopping network? <laughs> yeah, I just walked right in there the other day. Uh, Cam Harrison says, yes, the white chocolate Reese's are the best. I know. So good. I know. So good. I know. Uh, Lopes fan gave, I'm sorry. I thought he said, I don't know which uh, day we're trick-or-treating uh, on Halloween. Nobody trick-or-treats on Halloween. <laughs> Not in our neighborhood. Ooh, barfing chickens, my guy, Kit Kats. Okay. Kit Kat or Twix? Twix. I'm going Twix, Twix all day. Twix all day. Twix all day long. Fat. Where you can eat the caramel off the top of the candy yeah, bar. See, you're weird about that. You, uh, you, I you, am. Eat, you eat the cracker off and around the middle portion of the candy bar. What's wrong with that? Who does that? Me. Like I do. What kind of animal are you? I'm a savage. I'm a savage. I'm like the monkey in that video. He did real. <laughs> Oh, Jake and I send videos to each other that are just not normal. Yeah. Uh, I'm a Twix guy. My favorite candy bars pretty easily are Snickers and Twix. Yeah. And I'm not kicking either one out of bed. Uh, Les Wayman says Twix. Yes, sir. Thank you, Yeah, Les. it's definitely Twix. Thank you. Yeah. I wouldn't expect nothing less than, a, that, than Twix from a Wayman. That's exactly right. Uh, Boyd Lake says Snickers, the big one. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. I, I, my personal opinion is... If I'm going candy, and I don't eat a lot of candy at all, like I pretty rarely do. Last time we went to Boise, we had those sour peaches. Oh, mm -hmm. so good. Yeah. So good. Um, but other than that, I don't really eat a lot of candy. So when I do, I, I, I generally want to go Snickers bar. And I will say, and I think you can attest to this, I will say, when I am in a crabby mood, Cranky Monty shows up. If hey you just give me a yellow rock star and a Twix in a uh, Snickers bar, I, I, I mean, it's three minutes and I'm in a better mood. <laughs> and it, I, you know, I've I heard that wrong. about you. Uh, Cody Strickland says this year, I want to make kids popcorn marshmallow balls. Don't that's, that's going to get you arrested, sir. Do not do that. Don't, no, don't. Um, let's see. NY Monty fan says Kit Kats frozen. No, no, dude. The only thing you should be freezing are, are thin mints, man. Yeah. That's like the, the, the frozen freezing, chocolate dude. thing Come is on. a little overrated. Come on. A little overrated. Uh, salty drunk says, try the Kit Kat chunky bar. Ooh, I haven't heard of that. Kit Kat chunky bar. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says peanut butter Twix and whatchamacallits. Oh my God. Whatchamacallits. Yeah. Ah, yeah. oh, Jeremy Bolton. Yes, sir. Clutch. Barfing chickens. I like peanut butter Twix, but they can be hard to find. I've, I haven't seen a peanut butter Twix. Aren't they the ones in the red wrapper? You're all peanut butter all the time. Yeah, I'm a peanut I mean, butter guy. Like, that's just what I do. Yeah, you're a peanut butter deviant. I, I mean, there's yeah. no, no doubt about that. Uh, Salty Drunk says, for somebody big bones, you seem to eat healthy. Um, I, I generally do eat. You know what? The funny thing is you bring that up, and mm -hmm. I know we're way off the rails here on the Monty Show, presented by the Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. Um, I actually have really gotten into a groove food-wise of eating once a day, and it's made a huge difference. Like I've, I'm walking more here because our studio is now at the Maverick Center. Yeah. Um, so I am walking significantly more, and I'm walking – you know, the funny thing is every morning, what's the first thing we do when we get to the Maverick Center? Uh, walk 50 stairs. That's We have to walk up a flight because what we do is we come in through the, the 
event bowl in, in, inside the arena and we have to walk upstairs to get to our studio. And so I find myself walking upstairs to go to the bathroom here. It's up another 50 flight of stairs. How about that? So, or 50 steps of stairs. Yeah. So I'm walking up and down stairs more. I'm just taking more steps. Like yesterday I did 7,000 steps. I, on average, my thanks to my Apple Watch, I, on average, usually walk about 5,000 steps a day. Now I'm at like 7,000 steps. Mm -hmm. So it's really made a difference. And yesterday we got here at 5 a.m. We didn't leave until about 4.30 yesterday afternoon. Yeah. And we did not eat in that window. Like we, we, I had a protein bar. I've gotten into this habit now of when I get here in the morning, um, I eat these one bars, which are really good. Um, or built bars. I really like the built puffs, dude. Yeah. We went to uh, Max Muscle in South Jordan yesterday and got a couple of uh, built bars. I like them. Anyway, uh, NY Monty fan says, hangry then, huh, Monty? Oh. 100%. It's not good. It's not good. Uh, Justin Salas says, best road trip junk food is peach rings. They're so amazing. They are so amazing. Les Wayman says, Kit Kat uh, lime pot, key lime pie. I've never heard of that. I have never heard of that. I will have to find that. Barfing Chicken says Reese's sticks are also really good. Uh, I have a $100,000 bar the other day, golden. Oh, man, I haven't thought about one of those. And that's with the rice crispy stuff on it. Oh. Yeah, it's not bad. Um, I think this is a brownie Twix. What is a brownie Twix? Never heard of it. Ooh. Uh, how about uh, the wax bottle can candy drink? Oh, my, the Coca, the Coca-Cola bottles. The, that my that Mrs. Monty likes. Oh, um, the Coke bottle candy gummies. Cinnamon? No, she hates cinnamon. Don't ever say that out loud. Uh, let's see. Mike Maple says, "Morning, guys. Anything but candy corn. Yeah, candy corn's nar, bro. Yeah. Uh, Twix is also a great candy. Yes. You guys must be tired by late afternoon. Oh, dude, three o'clock. Yeah, if I haven't eaten by three o'clock, it's not good. Uh, I do catering at the Salt Palace. The amount of walking I do on a regular basis is ridiculous. The bad days, I hit like 13 miles of walking. Ooh, good for you, man. That's awesome. Uh, I love uh, trail mix with dried pineapple. Oh, trail mix is so good. I actually like dehydrated fruit. Yeah. yeah. You don't like it? Oh, yeah, man. Right. Dehydrated mango we had in Hawaii was so good. Barfing chickens, I've gotten so much healthier ever since then. Walking is a big deal. Uh, I think candy corn and circus peanuts have legit killed people. They're so bad. I, as a kid, I loved circus peanuts. I don't know what I was thinking. Lopes Van Gabe says peanut butter Snickers. Yeah. There's peanut butter Snickers? Yeah. You've been holding out on me. Well, they're not around that much. Ooh. Man, you guys are fine. You guys like candy that I have never tried a peanut butter Snickers. Yeah, that's good. Right? I don't think I've ever tried that. No, I don't think I've... They're not around that much. They're hard to find. You also... But see, I, you like peanut butter M&Ms? Nah, bro. I love no, peanut I'm butter M&Ms. Nah. In the red bag? Nah, bro. I'm out. All right. It is uh, 710 on the Monty Show, uh, presented by the Advocates, UtahAdvocates.com. If you've been in an accident, guys, trust me when I say you need an attorney. And so many people make the mistake of trusting their insurance company. Hey, this is why I have insurance. This is why I pay those bills. They have hundreds and thousands of lawyers working for them. Do you think they're trying to pay you what you deserve? Do you think they're trying to pay you what you're owed? No, they're trying to pay you as, as little as possible. They're a for-profit business. That's why you need somebody to defend you, to advocate for you. 
That's why they're called The Advocates. UtahAdvocates.com. Uh, check them out online. No matter where you're listening to the show, Utah Advocates can help you. Uh, chat with them on their website, utahadvocates.com. You never pay a retainer. You never pay a consultation fee. In fact, you don't reach into your pocket to pay the advocates at all. See, because you don't pay them until they win your case. That's right. They're going to help you defer your medical bills. They're going to get you back up on your feet. And by the way, if you've been hurt at work and you have a workman's comp case, utahadvocates.com. They're the best in the business for a reason. I've known Matt Driggs and those guys for over 10 years at The Advocates. They're good people to do business with because they actually care about you. They're compassionate. They're empathetic. They understand that this is probably the worst time in your life. When you're looking for a lawyer to help defend you, you need to go to The Advocates, utahadvocates.com. It is BYU. It is East Carolina. It is tonight at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and... It's interesting that BYU is a three-point home favorite, Jake. That means they're a pick em. Mm-hmm. Just give me your initial feelings on this game. Like, where are you at on this? That I, I, that I think that, I mean, obviously they should win this game, but I, I, I almost feel like it's not really even about whether they win or lose. I feel like it's, for BYU, it's more about, you know, how the game goes, like whether they have a good showing. Like, you, you know how, like, you can lose a game, but it's a hard-fought game and it was close and, like, you... You know, you really fought, and like people can kind of oh, yeah. understand, like, oh, yeah. I, like okay, so if you lose the game that way, that's fine. But I just, I, I just feel like it's doom and gloom around BYU right now. It's not fun to talk about it. It's not enjoyable. Like they, like it, it, it's just they're in a negative place right now, and I don't know, you know, like I, I, I don't know how you fix guys not tackling. Like, where are we supposed to go with that? You're a football player. You've been taught how to tackle your whole life. Go make a tackle. Like, what, Like, where are we supposed to go with that? You know, like, that's the hard part. If you're BYU, I guess the question is, do you sell out to stop the run with all the struggles you've had? And I actually thought Gabe Judy Lolly was really good on this show yesterday. If you did not watch that interview, find it on our YouTube channel. Find it on my Twitter feed, The Monty Show, M-O-N-T-Y, The Monty Show, because what Gabe talked about was they have not – done their jobs individually. They have not tackled well. He specifically talked about, hey, it'll be third and seven for our opponent and we'll give up 12 yards because we missed a tackle. And he's exactly right. They're arguably the worst third down defense in the country. They have not tackled well. And if you're BYU with Kalani Sataki, now your head coach and defensive coordinator, do you sell out to stop the run? Because the thing that's dangerous here is East Carolina can throw the football. In their worst games, they've thrown the football well. And so it begs the question, Jake, if you're BYU, what is your defensive game plan here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I would be – I would go traditional. I would go fundamentals of football. So I would probably go, you know, with like a 4-3, you know, and I would be, I would be, you know, surveying my options throughout the game about bringing the safety down, you know, and maybe running some zero blitz or something like that. Like, you know, trying to – trying to put my defense in a position where we're dictating to the offense on some level. Because what teams are doing to BYU is they're picking up the pace, they're running the hurry up, and they're not allowing BYU to to play the kind of defense they want to play. That's that's why BYU has struggled. And, and to me, the way you combat that is early on you have to set the tone defensively. So you have to say during the week as you're preparing for a team – hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put four guys on the line of scrimmage. We're going to have our, our our best three linebackers behind those four guys, 
And then we're, depending on the down and distance, the safety might come down too, you know? And then I, I, I think yeah. you have to force them to beat you over the top because then, then that kind of changes things. But until that happens, I would be all about stopping the run because once you stop the run, that makes their life very difficult. You can, you can get your defense to be in, you know, third and 10, third and 12, you know, like third and distance. That's the kind of down and distance you want to be in as a defense. So that's why I say like, it's cool that Kalani's taking over defensive play calling and Tuiaki's doing the defensive line now. That's that's all fine and dandy. But if the mentality that's, doesn't you change. You said that's all fine yeah, and dandy. Yeah, like that's cool, like great. But if you don't change your mentality and I'm still seeing, uh, I see a different name with the defensive play sheet, but we're still getting the same calls. Oh, like, like great, neat. That nothing's changed. Yeah, the thing that, the thing that worries me is that you are you are at home. Lavelle Edwards Stadium is a hell of a home field advantage. Unless you're Arkansas. Okay, well, are we just going to write off that Arkansas has all these great athletes? And I don't know. I mean, when, when, you're, when you're in the hundreds for total defense, when you're going against a, a, a team in East Carolina that can actually move the football, this is a scary proposition. And let's not forget that as a, as a team that is still fighting for bowl eligibility, this is as much of a must-win as you've had all year long. You have to win this game. And I think you have home field advantage. I think you have a defense that is hungry to prove something. I think, you know, for better or for worse, I think as BYU fans, you've been able to count on this offense, right? I mean, I know that Christopher Brooks is not going to play in this game with this injury and – We'll see how all that plays out. I think that's a very, very interesting proposition. Cody Epps is um, likely not to play in this game either. That's a problem. I mean, you better have Gunnar Romney tonight. You need Chase Roberts. You need, you know, Braden Cosper. Like, you need all hands on deck here. Yeah. Having said that, the defense is going to win or lose you this game. What is, what is East Carolina going to do on third down? What is BYU defensively going to do against the run. And I think a lot of it is you're just not putting guys in the right spot. And when they are in the right spot, they're not tackling. Yeah. How much pride has this team lost? And how much pride is this team willing to put on the line? Because I don't think it's a heart and effort, a want to thing. I think this team wants to win. I think this defense wants to play well. I just, I don't know how you explain. This is one of the worst Kalani Sataki defenses I've ever seen. And that's saying something. Kalani Sataki is a defensive master. The guy is a very good defensive mind. Yeah. And I think now maybe that, hey, Eli Satuiaki is focused on the D-line. I'd expect better D-line play this week. I'd expect a better cohesive, uh, you know, more ready game plan out of the defense with Kalani. I expect BYU to win this game. I think it's going to be very close. They're a three-point home favorite. Um, it's on ESPN too. And I think a lot of people are going to be watching. I just don't think we can say we expect them to win games. Yeah. I don't think you can say that anymore. You don't at all expect BYU to win this game. No. Wow. I, I'm not going to say it anymore. I, I like, I'm not like you came out and got absolutely embarrassed by Liberty. Like that's what happened. You did. So, you did. So, and, and I'm not trying to be cold-blooded or an a-hole about it or anything like that I'm, I'm really not trying to be that way I just don't think that we can trust this team right now I I, I can't I I don't have anything that says to me yeah you're you're gonna tackle better against East Carolina 
You're 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 gonna you're gonna you're you're gonna play uh, call a more aggressive defensive game against East Carolina. You you you're gonna you know you're gonna score more than you know. But I I also think you have to remember let's slow our roll. Yes, offensively East Carolina can move the football. They can run a they they run well. They pass very well. They can't stop anybody in the passing game. This is the week that you would expect BYU to get right in the passing game, I would think, right? Yeah, I I hope so, man. I yeah, I I yeah, you would. You would based on numbers and based on what what you know East Carolina's put on tape. Yes, you would. But I I I, I don't know. After after the Arkansas game, I just you know don't trust it. I I, I need to see like a good quality like. I'm not saying they got to pound East Carolina. I'm not saying you got to win by 30. But what I what I do need to see is control. I need to see execution. I need to see good tackling. I need to see bringing the back down on first contact two yard two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Like we need to see those things to feel good again. Yeah, it'd be nice to make to make ECU one dimensional. Yeah. Um. You know, looking at looking at the numbers in this game, I I just think that. I don't know, man. I I wonder. What do you think score wise? I mean, are you expecting a, a lot of points, a little mm. bit of points? Yeah, I mean, obviously East Carolina is an air raid team. They're a team, obviously, like you were just saying, that passes a ton. So, like to me, I think you know there's a potential for a lot of points. Absolutely, I think this is one of those games where you know if they're if they're connecting, obviously they're going to score a lot. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could easily see this being a 35 27 kind of game or like a you know a higher scoring game absolutely but but that's what i mean like you're at lavelle this is a night game like you're like this is this is what you would expect byu to play well here but i like i said that about the notre dame game i said that about the oregon game you know like you, you say that about these different games and it's like damn man like i know it's lavelle i know it's at night like everything says they should play well but then it's like yeah wyoming came out and ran all over you at Lavelle, at night, like, what you know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think we need to see how they come out in that first quarter. I think this is a 38-30 win for BYU. I think the offense gets back going. I think you have no choice but to play, you know, I, I to play multi, multi-tier guys. I think you have to get down your depth chart a little bit. Uh, I think Jaron, I don't care if he's healthy or not. If he's on the field, you got to throw the football. And if he can't, again, this goes back to Cam Rising not playing last night. You got to ride with the guy that can actually have an opportunity to get the job done. If Cam, if Cam can't go, all right, great, back up. If Jaron can't go, okay, great, back up. I mean, you, you cannot continue to make decisions that hurt this football team on the whole. And I feel like that's what BYU's done. I feel like the decision-making has been selfish by the coaches, and I feel like it's put the players in positions to fail. And I think at some point, you have got to give Jacob Conover an opportunity if, if Jaron's not healthy. And if Jaron's shoulder is bum, okay, great. Jacob Conover's got to play. Yeah. Period. At what point are you actually going to make the right decisions to win a game? Because you didn't do that against Arkansas, Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I, I at some point you got to step up because you. I'm telling now, East Carolina is far more talented than Utah State and and Wyoming because those are the teams you're beating right now. Yeah. 
Show us who you are. That's what this game's about. I'm going to say 38-30 BYU wins. Yeah. Um, mm, ah, 38 feels like a lot of points for them right now. Yeah. I, you know, I, like 38 feels like a big number. You're at home. It's at night. And listen, I understand that East Carolina's talked all about how they beat UCF and we belong and we're a P5 and okay, cool. Congratulations. Come to Provo, come to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, play at some elevation and let's see how, how things work out. Yeah. That's that's how I would say. I, I just don't know. I don't know how else to look at this game. I mean, I, I just, I think it's one of those things where at some point you've got to take a stand. It's yeah. at some point, and right? You would, I mean, it makes sense that it would be this game, but I, I don't know. I just don't have a lot of confidence right now. So I guess if I was rolling out a score prediction, you know, like higher scoring game, but close game. So like that to me is a, a 35, 31, a, a, a grinder, high scoring back and forth kind of game. That's, that's what I see this being. Yeah. And it's a bummer if, if Cody Epps is out for a long period of time, I mean, it's just another injury. Yeah, that's all it is. It's just another injury. And this BYU team, I, and I think this is not a small talking point. Yeah. At some point, BYU has to, you have to take a step away from what you've been doing as a, a strength and conditioning program because it's not working. And it'll, in my mind, you have to be, find a way to be healthier because injuries are, injuries are something that all teams deal with. BYU seems to deal with them more. Yeah. And, but it is what it is. Anyway, my point is I think BYU breaks out offensively. I think you have to, I think at some point you have to believe that. And East Carolina, I think, is incredibly vulnerable against the pass. I think Jaron Hall is an exceptional quarterback. I think BYU puts up a lot of points. I, I probably have foolish confidence that their defense is going to be better this week. Gabe Judy Lally yesterday on the show gave me a lot of confidence. Talking to him, listening to him. The blunt nature of his assessment of their defense gives me a lot of hope. Yeah. You know, you have not very None. much. None. Very much hope. Boyd Lake says, uh, protect Lavelle's house. Uh, okay. And he also says, BYU's 104th in total defense. Yeah, in the hundreds. I, that's not good. Yeah. That's not good at all. Uh, as a BYU fan, in all honesty, Barfing Chicken says, I've given up on this season. Wow, really? Uh, they have pretty much lost all the important games other than Baylor, and they really just don't look good against the remaining schedule. The, yeah, yeah, that's not wrong. Jeremy Bolton says, I ride or die with BYU. 0-12 is better than no football from January to August. Seriously, seriously. Uh, I'm a BYU fan as well. Disappointed in this season. Yes, just hoping we have learned uh, from this year as a team. And next year will be better. Need to be prepped going into the Big 12. Yeah, you better get deeper. You better get deeper because that is a that's a huge problem. Uh, Jeremy Severe says we're in for a good old fashioned shootout. Whoever makes a stop wins or whoever has the ball last. That could be. Yeah, absolutely could be. Richard McDonald says I'll be at the BYU game tonight. Hope it's not a stinker. It won't be. Uh, Boyd Lake says I'm still holding out for a Jaron Hall coming out party. BYU 52 ECU 35. Yeah. Ooh, could you yeah, imagine? We'll if see, man. What would that do to reinvigorate the BYU fan base? Uh, Richard McDonald says, dang it, I missed the Amazon talk. You did. See, salty drunk people care about the Amazon talk. We'll bring it back at 8 o'clock. Don't worry about that. NY Monty fan says, exactly. They need to be more serious about weights. 
I think they need to be more serious about general health. Yeah. Lifting heavy stuff is cool and everything, but I am a guy that doesn't believe in back squatting during the season. I just, there are better exercises you can do that don't stress your back and your entire, you know, nervous system mm-hmm. like back squatting does. I think when you look at their, I, I would be curious, what's their flexibility program? What do you bet? What do you, what's your plyometric program? You have to, it, the thing is, that we tend to train football players to run into things. Do you even lift? But we don't train football players to be twitch athletes, to be explosive athletes. We don't train football players to play their position. Quarterbacks don't lift weights the way offensive linemen do. You know, DBs don't lift weights the way defensive linemen do. You have to strength train and you have to condition and you have to train for flexibility for your position. Wide receivers can't lift weights the way linemen do. What I don't know BYU strength and conditioning program, but if you're back squatting during the season, I I am almost always going to say, yeah, you don't have the right perspective. Are we clear on that? There's no reason to put 500 pounds on your shoulders and and move up and down with it on your shoulders on a on a Monday you know, or Wednesday of a game week. Is that really helping you? Is that really helping you? Is there not a is there is there not a a, a a different strengthening exercise that you can do? Why are you deadlifting mm-hmm. during the football season? There there why 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 are you? Here's the other question I'd ask: Why are you why are you barbell bench pressing during the football season? Mm-hmm. There are so many other ways to accomplish all of those things. What do you bet? You know, like I I, I just. Sometimes I think we do it because that's what we've always done. Mm-hmm. And I just don't think you can do that anymore. I think we've seen too many guys that, I mean, like you look at the best players, look at Aaron Donald in the NFL. Do you think Aaron Donald is back squatting during the season? He's not. Do you know how he trains himself in the summer? Jiu-jitsu and MMA. The best defensive linemen in the NFL are all jujitsu guys in the summer. What better fucking execution. How many jujitsu guys do you have on this football team? Right, like think outside the box. Yeah. These soft tissue injuries don't have to happen. They don't. These non-contact ACL tears don't have to happen. But it's a matter of how we train our bodies to play the positions we play. And if we would train our bodies specific to the way we play our position, you would become better football players, right? It, but you can't have your quarterback back squatting. You can't have... Like, it, it's amazing to me. Saquon Barkley's a great example of this. He's talked openly about the fact that he trained his body wrong and he believes that's what led to his ACL rupture. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, the best athletes in the NFL, I can tell you this for certain, the best athletes in the NBA do not back squat. Yeah. They don't lift 500 pounds on top of their shoulders. It's foolish. And yet, that's what we require football players to do on a regular basis. Too bad. And I've never understood it. Yeah. I, I would tell you, if you are a heavyweight lifter, why? why? If you're a 45-year-old man, why are you lifting? Like, we routinely go to the gym and see guys that lift hundreds of pounds over their head. Yeah. And I just ask you, unless you're, <coughs> unless you're training for a strong man or something specific, where that specific exercise has to be part of your training regime. Why are you doing that? The risk of injury far outweighs the performance gains. Yeah. I just don't understand it.
You know what I mean? Like, WW says, how we train our bodies. Come on, he's training with uh, Cheetos and Pop-Tarts. Okay, cool, man. I mean, you can believe that. If that's the way you want to, if that's the way you want to live your life, okay, cool. Cheetah, you know, like, I, do you think that's the first time I've ever heard that? Are you kidding me? Um, the Big Mugamba says, I was an athlete at BYU. The strength and conditioning coaches are more or less the same since then. Not a lot of functional training, mostly just power lifting movements. I was constantly getting injured. Yeah. I'm telling you now, that word that you use there, Big Mugamba, functional training yeah. is critical to the success of athletes. And, uh, you know, like I go back to when I was in Sacramento, Chris Weber had blown his knee out. He essentially had microfracture surgery, pretty much ended his career. But the way he changed his training after that knee injury yeah. was tremendous. Like I, I look at these guys today in the NFL, there are guys, and you'll notice, like the non-contact injury guys are the heavy lifters. They're the guys that love being super cut and that's not the way to win in football anymore. And it, it, it is, I hate programs and I hate strength and conditioning coaches that have, not to be redundant, but are gonna have safeties and linebackers and corners and D linemen all bench press at the same time, mm -hmm. the same way. And we're yelling and screaming about a DB that he just bench pressed 400 pounds. What did that 400 pound bench press do to help him backpedal and explode to cover a go route. Yeah. What did that bench press do? Because that's not what you need. You need fast twitch muscle development. You need that fiber development that doesn't come from back squatting, that yeah. doesn't come from bench pressing, right? You have to train that twitch. You have to train that ability. And that's what I just see it missing in college football. But you know who I know trains that way? The Utah Utes. The Utah football programming, again, I just... I go follow John Madsen on Twitter, follow John Madsen on Instagram and ask him about it. Ask him about training athletes and yeah. ask him about it specifically like in this state, the pro the prolific nature of high school football puts a lot of high school kids in gyms and in weightlifting. We watch high school athletes on a daily basis at gyms try to lift incredible weight and they can't do it. Yeah. And it just sometimes it's too much. And I'm not the guy who's ever going to walk up to you and be like, dude. I'm not that guy at the gym. But you watch some of these kids trying to lift, and it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, uh, what are yeah. you doing? Yeah. Like the Grizzlies the other the Utah Grizzlies, the hockey team the other day, took a day off of skating, and what did they do? They did a they did a spin class and a yoga session. Yeah. Like you you have to you have to train yourself. And it starts in like fifth, sixth, seventh grade. Uh-huh. You have to train yourself. Like you're a professional athlete, you, you or you're just not you're just gonna be a guy. Yeah. You want to be a rocket scientist? Go do that. But if you're a rocket scientist, let me ask you: How are you training yourself to be a rocket scientist? Are you're you welcome. are you back squatting? No, you know what you're doing. You're in class. You're in your books. You're in your you're learning. You're training your brain, right? Well, if you're a football player, why are we not training your body to be what you want to be? Yeah, to do what your job is. Sorry if I'm railing. I'm just you know, I'm just being that guy. Right. It's, it's so frustrating. Like I look at comments like WW, we train our bodies. Like you, you're just uh, like, dude, I think you're just, you're lost. Uh, Jeremy Bolton says, I believe I've heard Brady Papinga saying they need to change the strength and conditioning program. Brady Papinga, if you do not tweet with Brady Papinga about this. Yeah. 
tweet with Brady Papinga about this. He is, you know what Brady Papinga's done? Brady Papinga is, is inventing and distributing better functioning athletic equipment. He's got a bar system. He's got like a, it's, yeah. Brady Papinga is a great example, Jeremy Bolton. Absolutely. Ken Williams says, uh, good morning all, let's go Utes. Big win for the Utes last night. Uh, carrying all the extra muscle weight in your upper body slows down the lower body. It does. It does. Um, are you seriously telling me that these big sporting organizations wouldn't be getting the best strength and conditioning programs possible? Are you serious right now? Strength and conditioning at BYU has been a problem for decades. Yeah. It was controversial during Broncos time. Look at what the Phoenix Suns went through. I mean, yeah. They fired their Dev Devin Booker. Perfect example. Look at Donovan Mitchell. Perfect example. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell. If you follow a guy named David Alexander, a world-renowned trainer, who, 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 who is a body man, who is he the body guy for? Don, Royce, LeBron, Anthony Davis now uses him. Formerly D-Wade. You look at all those guys, those guys don't have major injuries, right? Why is Anthony Davis consulting with him now? Because he's LeBron's guy. And LeBron very rarely has soft tissue injuries. What's kept him out? Ankles lately, right? But does LeBron have back injuries? Not anymore. Does he have core injuries, shoulder injuries? Like He doesn't. Like you, as a, as a professional athlete, which college football players are, you have to invest in your body. And the guy who invests in your body is the strength and conditioning coach in college. Yeah. But those guys are so reliant on heavy weight. Oh, me lift heavy weight. Like it's, it's, it's just not the right way to go about it, in my opinion. Jerem Patterson, our program at Tempview, um, he says, our program at Tempview during our championship runs Coach w uh, Wong would never let us do max weight. We did tons of cardio and speed training. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, M. Alvarez says, to draw uh, on the previous Amazon talk, I watched BYU full game, but I am a fan, so there you go. Yes, exactly right. Ken Williams says, you train low weight in reps. There's a lot of that. There's a, like, I'm, I'm, I'm older now. Like, I am 40, whatever, 49. I'm about to be 50. And we talk about this all the time. I will never bench 225, above 225. There's just no reason for it. Right. Right? Like we used to back squat all the time. I'll never back squat again. There's no reason for it. I train to snowboard. That's my whole, my yeah. whole thing. Yeah. There's no reason for me to be heavy back squatting. There are other things I can do. I can do Bulgarian split squats. I can do, you know, body weight squats. I can do, you know, why can I never think of the half dome? Um, the half dome. Yeah, I can't remember. What I it's can called. never remember. What it's I, I, I call it the half dome. <laughs> That's what I call. You know, it. like I, I mean, yeah. there's so many functional training things that you can use and do, and techniques. Just like you know, athlete, athlete X on YouTube. If you do not follow athlete X on YouTube and on Instagram, you're crazy. A Bosu. A Bosu ball. Thank you. Yes. It, like, there's just so many things that you can do that don't require you to lift a ton of heavy weight. Yeah. Uh, Salty Drunk says, that's their livelihood. Are you telling me they're doing it wrong? They are doing it wrong. Yeah. They are. Look at the programs in college sports that have just a ton. Just go do your homework, bro. Yeah, this is I mean, not, like, it's not just us saying this. Like, bro, no. you really think that we were like, all right, so today on the show, we're going to talk about how every program is, is doing their strength and conditioning wrong. No. Like, this is a widely discussed topic that is changing in college football. Yes. It is not just us saying it. Go and look it up, man. It is out there. And look at Jay Glazer at Fox. 
Jay Glazer at Fox trains NFL athletes in what? MMA. And he's got a huge client list. Joe Rogan. Why do you think Joe Rogan and Aaron Rodgers have such a close relationship? What do they do? They train together. And what does he train him in? Jiu-Jitsu. Like, it, it, why is Aaron Rodgers rarely injured? Because he's, I, my guess is Aaron Rodgers isn't back squatting. Yeah. That's just a guess. Ayahuasca doesn't let you back squat. Yeah. Okay, that was probably a reach. But um, Eric C., what's up, my guy? He says, morning, Monty Town. How we doing, everyone? Everybody's doing great. Uh, Richard McDonald says, anyone who's been watching BYU since the 90s knows our conditioning and injury have plagued us for a long time. Yes, fast. they have. Unfortunately, yes, they have. Absolutely. Eric and Raleigh, strength and conditioning strategy is organizational philosophy. The head of the organization sets the goals for the entire program, including strength and conditioning. I would agree. In high school, every movement on athlete is being videoed and computer analyzed for efficiency and proper motion, you would think or hope. Uh, Richard McDonald, one of the most prolific bodybuilders of all time, said on Joe Rogan that unless you're a pro bodybuilder, you should never do deadlifts or back squats because the risk greatly outweighs the benefit. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah. Totally agree with that. There's just no reason. Uh, Eric and Raleigh says, ayahuasca takes away the pain. Oh, it does. <laughs> you know. Yeah, most good college programs don't care if you can lift ridiculous weight. They care about your footwork and speed. If they want you to put on weight, they'll do it themselves. Well, I mean, it, it just is a, it, it absolutely is, is a plague. I mean, and I can't remember his name, Jay something. There's a former Oregon linebacker who's now a strength and conditioning coach and personal trainer um, that talks about how he was com trained completely wrong at UTEP and then at Oregon. He never trained to be a linebacker. He trained to be a guy that could lift a lot of weight. And now the guys he work with, he works with and trains for football, like his client list is is unbelievable. But the training that he does and all it's it's a common trend. All these former football players, Brady Papinga, you know, just all of these guys, none of them are training with heavyweight. None of them. None of them will train their guys with heavyweight. And there's a, the, trust me, weightlifting is a critical part of football success. If you are not strong, if you are not, you know, if your shoulders are not strong, if your hips, knees, quads, hamstrings, like all of your major muscle groups have to be trained. And a lot of that is weight, but flexibility is that weight and that strength is absolutely useless if you are not explosive and flexible. Yeah. So is what it is is what it is. Eight, uh, 740 football, 50 coming up in 10 minutes. Only after we tell you about our good friends at TridayTrading.com. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Again, yesterday on Twitter DM, I was talking to a listener who was like, I am just so fed up with my boss. I am going to, I am going to quit my job. And I was saying to the guy, well, it's time to, it's, it's time to use TridayTrading.com, right? Like it is one of those things where if it's Friday and you are dreading Friday and you cannot wait to get out of work this afternoon, get to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. If you hate your boss, if you hate your job, if you're not making enough money, if you're wondering how you're going to pay for Christmas, if you're wondering, hey, how come I never get to go on that vacation? If you're in debt, TridayTrading.com slash Monty. It is pretty simple. Day trading is your ticket out. It is that side hustle that can scale into a full-time job for you. And I'm not talking about $20,000, $30,000 of a side hustle. I'm talking about $200,000, $300,000, six-figure incomes are the norm in day trading. And the best part about Triday Trading, as a company, their philosophy is to give you all of the information and the tools. 
the training, the knowledge, the ability to be a prolific professional day trader. And that's what they do. And they're so confident in their ability to train, mentor, and coach you that they actually let you trade with their money. And if you make money with their money, they give you 50% of the profit at TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Don't take my word for it. Go watch the free webinar. All you do is go to TridayTrading.com slash Monty. It's on the screen right there below. TridayTrading.com slash Monty. Watch the free webinar. There's no obligation. There's no cost. It's a free webinar. Yep. And then make a decision. But overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly, the people who watch that, that webinar go on and, and take part in the program. And what I'm telling you is, if you're not ready to change your life, if you're the guy who likes complaining and who likes being miserable and likes you know whining and moaning about your job, don't watch the webinar. But if you're, guy, you're the guy that's ready to have the house you've always wanted, the car you've always wanted, providing for your family the way you've always wanted to, trydaytrading.com slash Monty is absolutely the way to go. Uh, Jazz are in Denver tonight. And they are an eight-point dog. Mm -hmm. The number's 229 on that game, 7 o'clock tip-off. At, at, at what point does this team ever come back down to earth? Does this team ever go back to the mean? Or is this who this Jazz team is? Because I kind of get the feeling this is who this Jazz team is. Yeah, I mean, I think that the the brand that they've built here over the first few games is is what we're going to see regularly. Like, I, they're not going to stop working hard. I don't think they're going to stop, you know, like being tenacious and like being relentless. I think that, as I've said, they're going to, you know, winning and losing is largely going to be defined by turnovers and offensive execution late. You know, like they're going to be in games, I, I think, for the most part. It's just really going to be about like, how 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 you know disciplined and how you know efficient they are scoring the basketball because you look at this game and the number the over under is two twenty nine like you're you, yeah. you're saying you're gonna score one hundred fourteen points on Denver okay great but the question is like is the you know is the Joker gonna have forty tonight is he only gonna have thirty can you hold him to you know low thirties like what can you do there to give yourself a chance and so to me. Yeah, I like. Are they going to come back to earth? Yeah, I think they're probably a 500 team when you when you when you pass the 20 game mark. That's what I think, um, and that'd be pretty damn good for this organization right now. But I do think you're you're going to consistently and regular regularly get exciting basketball, like like up tempo, high energy type basketball, and that's what I think. You know, when we talk about coming down to earth or not, I think that will always be there. Yeah, and I I think this Jazz team in particular. I think they are they are they are built to run. You know the interesting thing last night is did anybody see the Clippers die in Oklahoma City again? Like this is an interesting year in the NBA and yeah. and I think when you're watching the trend in these games, I think the reason the Jazz are winning is is very simply execution. The team that that runs and knows their system and executes at a high level generally is going to win that game. Yeah. And I think when you have guys the quality of a Laurie Markkinen, I think that he has absolutely been a difference maker for this team. I think when you look at Laurie Markkinen, when you 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 certainly look at the guys on the floor, Jordan Clarkson, I think is becoming a far more efficient player. I think this has been a a is a transitional period for Jordan Clarkson. This change to Will Hardy, I think, may be a real moment in time for Jordan Clarkson because he's been able 
to really play the kind of game that he says he wants to play. And he's been able to turn into more of a distributor. Now, he's always going to shoot. He's a bucket getter. That's just who JC is. But I think when you look at the way that his game is transformed and you look at the way that he's playing, Jake, I think this move to Will Hardy could really be beneficial for Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Will has basically given him freedom. That's what I think, you know, Will Hardy has done. And it, but it's freedom in a different way, like... You know, under Quinn, the mission for Jordan was just to go out and score. You know, like, hey, just go out, green light. Like, whenever you get a shot, go ahead and take it. I think now the messaging is more like, hey, yeah, you have a green light, but let's look for the best shot that we can get inside of the possession. You know, like, if you got five seconds left on the shot clock, do what you can, obviously. But if you're crossing the half court line with, you know, let's say 16, 17 seconds left on that clock, like, let's work the ball a little bit. Let's yes. work within that system. And then, you know, if you work the system, the ball will come back around to you. And you should reasonably get a, a good look. And I think that's why we're seeing, like, like when Vanderbilt is hitting the three from the corner or when Beasley's hitting that three from the corner, they're getting that wide open because the system is working. And that, I think, is what was lost on the, the, the Quinn teams is, like, it just turned into screen and roll and hope for the best. And that's what I think has been impressive about what Will Hardy's done is that we're seeing like, hey, yeah, they may not win a championship this year. They may not be the best thing we've ever seen, but it is going to be exciting basketball. They will be in these games. And I think as a Jazz fan, you should appreciate that because it could be a lot worse. And, yeah. and, and I think we can't lose sight of that. Yep. Hooterville, Texas says, I've been in the hospital for a while. Just came back to the channel. What did you do to your studio the wall. Yeah, uh, the studio wall that you're looking at is a totally different studio and a totally different wall. Yeah, we uh, invested. We took all the tips and uh, rolled them into a stadium. Yeah, when you guys gave us all those tips that we've been saving and you guys save $5 super sticker and stuff like that, this is the result. We moved into the Maverick Center in West Valley City and built a studio here, and uh, it's been nothing short of sensational. And, uh, yeah, we're... Uh, uh, Tanner Plummer says, uh, oh, Jake, God. that red sweater looks good on you. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, I appreciate you that. Know, it, what it, what, it, what you do you know. want? Because you're actually being nice to me now, you know? So what are you yeah. scheming for? Hey, guys. Tom Basilius hey, says the arm on the mic stand is the cool thing. I think uh, we've had the same mic stands. But thank oh, you, you mean like this? Things. Oh, the arm on the... Oh, you mean like... You know, okay. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you know. Hey, guys. Uh, Salty Drunk says, are you hitting on Jake now uh, that he's single, Tanner? Yeah, Jake is single, by the way. Uh-huh. You know. Right. Uh, Let's you know. settle this right now. Uh, Kanai says, uh, top of the morning, fellas, just getting in. Oh, wow. Look at Kanai Johnson's here. KJ, good to see you. Just in time for football at 50. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. Oh, yeah. You're early. I'm not. It's 750 yeah, on the dock. It was 49. You're it is early. 750 you on the dock. You were early. Threw my boy a curveball. He I'm, wasn't ready I'm for my greatness. I'm perfect in all ways. He wasn't ready you for were, my you, greatness, You were man. early. He wasn't ready for my... my... Daddy wins. Uh-huh. Uh, you're off your game because you ain't getting that boom. You know what I mean? <laughs> Football at 50, 10 in the hour, every hour presented by Papa Murphy's Pizza. Use the promo code MONTY25 to get 25% off your purchase of $25 or more at Papa Murphy's Pizza. All right. I mean, the the hourly updates on Tom Brady, uh, there are no rumors that he's retiring today, uh, although some thought so. Did you believe that anything you saw last night of him languishing in emotional distress, much as you were 
you know, yeah. yesterday. Yeah. Uh, did you, I mean, were you a kindred spirit? Were you like in simpatico with Tom Brady in his locker? Um, sure, whatever you just said. Yeah, I don't think Tom's retiring. Uh, I think that, you know, he's pissed they're losing. That's what I think. I think Tom is the ultimate competitor. Like, I think Tom is, is not Tommy. willing to accept uh, mediocre football, which is what they're playing. Right, let's just get to it. Like, they're not a good team right now. And, and yeah, sure, Mike Evans, after the game, can come out and say that, you know, everyone knows it's not on Tom and Tom's the GOAT and everyone else got to do their job. But, again, much like BYU, like, start doing your damn job. Like, let's go. Tom Brady uh, is now the most sacked quarterback in the history of the NFL. Tom Brady is now two games under 500 for the first time in his entire 23-year NFL career. Yeah, He's never been two games under 500 until right now. The Bucs are not making the playoffs. Here's a question for you. What's Tom Brady playing for? I would encourage, hey, look, if you're going to retire at the end of the year, retire right now because this Tampa Bay Buck team needs to move on. And I think Tommy is well aware that Jazzy wants him to retire to save their marriage. I would not be surprised if Tommy announces that he's retiring from the Bucks. I don't think it'll happen midseason. I think after this season, I think he's done. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see that. But I don't know. He just came out last week, wasn't it, and said that he's got several more years left? Didn't he say that? Yeah. So like, I, I don't know, man. It's tough, you know. Salty Drunk says we squeezed in three minutes of NBA. Way to go, guys. Hey, you know, it's good. Joshua Moe says football at 49 and a half. Yeah, you were early. You were early as hell. No, I was not. You I were early. perfect in every way. You were early. I was not early. Yeah, you were. I looked at the clock and it said 50 past, which means football at 50, 10 in the hour every hour. Right. You know, uh, you know, I just, yeah, it's fine. I, it, it's fine. Um, everybody's picking on Tanner now. Tanner, what did you... Tanner, can we just do the show one day without you derailing it? Please, you're the executive producer of the show. Do I have to send the mayor of Monty Town to correct you, sir? You know. What is? What did he say? That's pretty high. Uh, Josh Lovren said on Football at 50 that currently the Jazz have a 4.3% percentage chance to win the division and a 20% chance to make the playoffs. Tanner said that's pretty high. Seth Anderson said, Jake, since Tinder isn't working, you need to try Grinder." Nah, I'm good. What is your app of choice? Hinge. Okay, there you go. Um, Kurt Meyer says, the Monty Show is now broadcasting from Vegas. No. 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 It's just the Maverick Center is a party, so it feels like Vegas. Yeah. Uh, LOL, Jake, what are you talking about? I'm usually pretty nice to you. Can't say the same thing about you. Wow. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Wow. Uh -huh. Man, uh, Eric C. says, Tanner gets an unfair amount of crap, but love how we can bust everyone's balls here. Yeah, we yeah. do it every day. Yeah. Uh, great. Uh, Going to be a great story when Brady comes back and wins it all this year. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I, it just isn't. Uh, San Diego State Aztec says, if Tom retires before he's ready for the rest of his life, he'll be a shell of himself. Could be. But if he wants to save his marriage, he'll retire. Uh, Tom Brady plays to win. He won't bend the knee to the Queen Bee's demands. Ooh. Ooh. Can't say I disagree with that. Ooh. You know, I, yeah, I don't know about that. Uh, I heard Tom was playing Adele, someone like you, in his helmet during the game. Is that true? Yeah, probably. I mean, I believe that, uh, yeah, inside That's sources. That's funny. I was were, listening to that, too. Someone like you. Is that your heartbreak song? 
because you That's know Jake song. is. That's a good song. Jake is struggling with his uh, his you know. Jake broke up with his girlfriend, so he's single. Right. Did you break up with her? Or did she break up with you? No, I ended it. You ended it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You know, listen, man. I mean, weirder things have happened. I mean, did you do it over text? No. Why? It's so disappointing. See, you, you were so nice. You would set the story straight so that everyone knew that I'm not that kind of guy. What kind of guy? That breaks up over text. <laughs> you did break <laughs> What? You, you broke he broke up with a woman yeah, over text. Yeah, but you don't put any context to there it. There is no context. Yes, there hey, is. Yo, baby, I'm out. Peace. Bro. Send. That was it. Well, no. And the heart, you included the heartbreak emoji, which I give you credit for because you were empathizing with her. You were trying to. <laughs> Bro, you got to put some context on it. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Eh, there's yeah. no context. Yes, there is. You, did you break up with her over text? Yes. Because she was crazy and was probably going to kill you if you had seen her in person. But yeah. that's not really important to the story. It's better when... <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Did you use the heartbreak emoji? <laughs> Bet you weren't expecting this one. Yeah. Oh, just a visual of you, like, texting. <laughs> he broke up with you over text message? <laughs> You're so salty about it, too. Which I, I just think it's amazing. You know, I mean, it's, you know, Salty Drunk says, I have no desire to mock Jake anymore. He selfishly showed his vulnerable side and ruined it for me. Well, you know, that's what I do. Oh, my God. That's amazing. That I, I mean, that that's, I, you know, that's amazing. I, whatever. It is. Look, I, I have, I have compassion for you. You're heartbroken, you know, and don't I don't lie to me. What? You're not. He's. Am I allowed to? I don't know the rules of what I'm allowed to. There are rules about what I'm allowed There's to talk about. There's always rules. There's lines. You have all these rules. Yeah. Um. All I'm saying is, this is a different breakup for you. Yeah. This is not like normal. You a hoe? I'm out. You know, like hey, heart. You know, heart broken heart emoji. Yeah. No, I mean, this is a different kind of thing for you. Yeah, it's disappointing, man. It's really disappointing. You know, it's you have high hopes for things, and then it and then it goes sideways. It's and I I genuinely believe that it's not heartbreak; it's disappointment. Yeah, that's what it. Wow, you very rarely are like this. Like you just aren't. This isn't who you are about love. Usually, it's like ah, there's other fish in the sea. I don't and know about time, that. Uh, generally, you, you've moved. You're, you're usually pretty good at moving on. This yeah. time, it seems like it's a lot more soulful disappointment. Yeah, it's frustrating, man. Like, I don't I, like it's hard to find good people. And she was a really good person. But I think that there were, you know, like. Wait, that's against the rules. What? We're not. You broke your own rule. What do you mean? You will not talk about her specifically. You keep her name out of your mouth. Okay. Wasn't that your rule? On some level, yes. But. <laughs> well, it's your rule. I guess you can adjust yeah, it. Yeah, it's my rule. Like, I'm not saying she was a bad person, yeah. right? But, I mean, you just got to a point where you had to do what you had to do. Yeah. So. But it's, it, my point is it's not heartbreak. You're not, the, you're not where you've been in the past. Like the girl you broke up with over text, in all seriousness, yeah. and to give it real context, you broke up with her over text. Yeah. Um, but... 
you were upset about that. Mm-hmm. You were like you. It was it was a couple of weeks of <laughs> like mm-hmm. it was you pining after her. I don't see that that's the same guy you are today. Okay, well, what do you see? I think you're frustrated with the dating process. I don't think that you're not you're not necessarily upset that you're single. You're or that no. How do I say that right? You're not necessarily upset that you're not with this particular person. You're upset that now you have to go into the dating process again. Yeah, and I mean, that's part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely part of it. I think that, I think that it's just, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I had high hopes. I did. Like, you know, I, 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 you know, we had a good thing, and then we faced some challenges, and, you know, it just wasn't passable. You but know? you don't have regret, though. No, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I have regret. I, I wish it would have ended differently. I do. I wish it would have. I think you wish that you would have ended with a ring on your finger and happily ever after. Yeah, like I wish it would have worked out. That's what I wish. But this that was not. I'm a listen, I'm a big believer and and when we talk about relationships and people and human and humanity and everything happens at the exact right space at the exact right time and there are no accidents. Yeah, better. I'm a huge believer in that. Yeah. And I think that's why I always say when you break up with somebody, it's over. You can't like, I'm not the guy who's like, oh, I'm going to talk to her and we're going to be friends. No, you're not. Fuck that. I'm out. Like, I'm just not. Excuse my French. I'm not that dude. Like, I'm not the guy that's like, oh, hey, you know, hey uh, how are you? Oh, cool. All right. Talk to you soon. Like that. No, I'm out. Like, I'm not. I'm not texting with you. I'm not talking with you. We're not going to have a, well, hey, can we just get together? And I need to say some. No. Well, you had your chance to say some things. Like, I'm done now. Mm. right that's that's i just think you have to move on yeah you have because if you keep going back you never start moving forward when you're looking in the rearview mirror you lose sight of what's in front of you yeah in my opinion you know uh richard mcdonald said broken he's just missing that crazy hmm already can't say that out loud yeah is that the case jake uh, not entirely. Salty drunk, man. You have less sensitivity than me, Monty. But Jake and I have had, you have to understand, Jake and I have had like deep, real conversations about it. Right? So I know, I, I feel like I, have I crossed the line yet today? No. No, I haven't. No. See? I mean, it is what it is. I mean, look, my guys. I just mo- think it's, I just think it's easier for you because you haven't dated in decades. Like no. you, you like you I know, found you happily ever after most of the yeah, time. Yeah, like I, I think that it's 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 I a, said I found happily ever after yeah. most Yeah. I left the door open for you there. Yeah. You know. Uh keep your head up, Connor Tulin says, Jake. Yeah. Tim- I'm not like I'm not like I'm not like depressed or anything. It just is like like You're not I I, I it's disappointing when you're building something and and you're doing something that I personally believe is special and you know, it's like it, it, it like it could have been awesome you know it could have been like it could have been a great thing you know like what what we had and it just but it if didn't... your personal life does not align with your relationship what good's the relationship yeah i know yeah i get it it's easy to say that but you know you're not you don't you're not experiencing the feelings no i, I you know what i mean like i, I understand that but my yeah. uh, but again and i said this earlier and i i don't mean to drown drone on about your relationship status but if i can't tell you something who's going to tell you yeah, I, that's true. But and I give you pretty solid. Yeah. I think I give you pretty solid advice, right? Yeah. Right or wrong, I think I give you pretty solid advice. I think you you made a home run decision. Yeah, I think you are the thing that you don't want to say 
is that you're a tremendous catch. Like you are a, you are, you don't recognize the asset that you are. You are, while you are not attractive, right? right. You're not yeah, a good I mean, looking obviously, guy. Obviously. Um, women will overlook that. Don't but be rude. You make phenomenal money. You are a smart guy. You're a good friend. Um, you are a good companion. You yeah. actually are soulful, heartful, like you actually care about people. Yeah. And you're not an asshole. You're not a guy that's just out being a jerk every day. Yeah. Right. Like you're a good boyfriend. You're a good, you would make a, I think you'd make a tremendous husband and father. Yeah. But you don't think about that. You don't, I think as men, it's okay for us to say, Hey, you know what? I'm a good boyfriend. I'm a good husband. I'm a good father. I'm good at this. I'm good at that. Too many times we, you know, we're like, Oh, that's just being arrogant. Well, no, actually that's just being the truth. We're talking about the truth. And the truth of the matter is, I think you're a really good boyfriend and not because you're my son or whatever, but I think you have to understand that. Yeah, I mean, my, my mindset's always been that I think that the truth is like, as men, like we we have an inherent responsibility to do what's difficult in life, you know, which is, which is you know, like all jokes aside, like it typically is up to the guy to, to you know, break the heart of somebody to do what, what the right and proper thing is, you know, or like it, it, it's rightly it's, or wrongly, you know, like every, there's a, there's a saying that I recently came across that, you know, like every sister wants a strong brother, like every mother wants a strong son, you know, like every, every, every person in your life wants you to be strong as a male. And that's what you have to go on. And so it's like, when I go through these times, I'm like, damn, man, like, it is my responsibility to work through it and to be mentally disciplined about it. But I would be lying to you if I said it was easy because it's not easy. Like it is disappointing. Well, it's it is never going to be easy. like, like it's, it's frustrating as hell that, that it, it like to have to start over again, you know, but like I, that's the frustrating part. But I think the, the other thing that has to be said is you have to learn from your mistakes. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's That's critically important. Yeah. I think you have to learn from the mistakes of the pastor, you're, you're, you're condemned to repeat them. You know, uh, Tanner says, I'm with Jake. Dating sucks. Salty drunk says, Jake, trust me when I say you'll find a girl when you least expect it, it in your work environment, which Jake's a hundred percent against. Yeah, I'm not right? a huge fan of mixing work. Like it, we're kind of in a unique situation here where, you know, I, it's, it, it would have to be very, very unique in where I'd meet that person in the work environment. I'm definitely not a believer in dating someone at the office. Um, definitely not a believer in mixing. Uh, and I think that what we have cannot ever be jeopardized. So like it would have to be the correct set of circumstances to say the least. Yep. Totally agree with that. Uh, can I says Jake, stay away from the oldies. They will, they will have you crying and mad all at once. Yeah. You can never look back. You can never look back. Keith Carl says, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Dr. Monty in the morning. Well, you know, I think I've been through a lot in my life. I think I have some pretty good advice to pass on, like not even being arrogant. I just think. Yeah, you're right to a point that it pisses me off. Like there what? are times when you're right about things and it's like, dude, like, like you just know certain things. You're like, oh, yeah, she's not the one. And it's like, OK, it's been a month. Like you already like you're already writing people off. And it's like, dude, it's so it frustrates me. It does like in it. And, and I think it's, I think in today's day and age, it's more difficult to find someone than it's ever been. I truly believe that. I, I you know what I'm a believer in when it comes to dating, never overlook a red flag. Like, and they're usually, usually when you're evaluating some, like as a father, when I'm evaluating somebody that Jake's dating, 
I, I, it's not a short-term thing. I can't do it like in five minutes. If you sit in front of me and we're talking business, I know just like that if, if we're going to work out or not. I know it's almost immediate. But I think it takes some time because people, when they're dating, hide. They're hiding in front of you. And so once you see those red flags, you just have to know. Like the, the girl you broke up with over text, the first thing she did was choose her friends over you multiple times. And I, I, I would just never tolerate that. I would never tolerate that. So, you know. And I, I will agree, this, this last particular person that you broke up with, it's disappointing because it should have ended differently. Yeah. It should have ended differently. All right, a couple more on this where we get back to sports. Kurt Meyer says, there is no perfect woman. There is not. Absolutely not. Cody Strickland says, that's a lie, Monty. Jake is an asshole when it comes to peace and quiet in national parks. Well, I mean, he's, he's you know, I mean, he's, he's not wrong if, if we're, I mean, if we're being totally <laughs> I mean, he's, he's everyone not, has red flags, man. He's not. I mean, you know, you know, I, I just, you know, um, fat Jesus says, does the hockey team have a cheer team you can tap into? Wow. No comment, <laughs> bro. No comment. Next. Comment. Come on, bro. Come on. Uh, Monty, our vintage has no idea what the current dating life is like. None. I have no idea what that would be. Watching you go through it is miserable. We need a new segment called Therapy at 50. Carlin the Favor says, you know. Uh, Richard McDonald says, with age comes, comes wisdom. Just saying, I found my wife at church. Well, Jake's going to hell. Tom Basilius says, is Monty giving dishwashing advice, Jake? No. Nope. I'm not. And it pisses you off, but you have to admit, my instincts are pretty good. You know when I get in trouble? When I don't listen to my instincts. When my gut says, hey, feed me and I don't feed it, you know, I get hungry. Yeah, and I think the, 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 the tough part is, is, is it's just, you know, most people at my age aren't doing what I'm doing, you know? Nope. And I've been saying it for years and I'm going to keep saying it. And, and that's what makes it difficult. And I think that it, it, it is, it, it, it's challenging. Like, it, it is really challenging to be... Like, I love what we do. I love being able to do the show. I love, like, as much as we tell you to go and subscribe to the Utah Grizzlies YouTube channel, like, we grind on that, man. Like, we did 12 hours of work on that yesterday. Like, it's no joke. It and, is no joke. And, no. and, you know, to find someone who understands that is hard. Um, by the way, Barfing Chickens has the uh, perfect advice. Stand outside a Target with a puppy. You'll find someone that way. Yeah, totally. Target is a chick magnet. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. Uh, last one, Boyd Lake says, my advice is once you know yourself and your value system, find where eligible women with that same value system go and go look there. Monty preaches the truth. Pay attention to the red flags. You yeah. know, you know, yeah. I mean. uh, Tanner says, my instincts are good. My advice is sound. Well, Mont is full of himself today. Oh wait, that's every day. Yeah. When you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, apparently. And when you know that uh, the only place to get good uh, barbecue equipment is Barbecue Pit Stop, you know, barbecuepitstop.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about it on the Monty Show this weekend. If you're firing up charcoal briquettes, you're dumb. Uncle Monty is a very, very smart man. And he tells you, don't ever use charcoal briquettes. I'm a don't, man. Don't use lighter fluid. There's just no need for it. What you need is a Traeger Ironwood 885, such as myself has. Um, and you need cherry pellets in Papa Murphy's pizza because that's a lethal combination for watching football. All you need to do is go to Barbecue Pit Stop in Logan, Layton, Lehigh, St. George, and our good friends in Salt Lake City and Murray. Tell them Monty sent you for the awesomeness that is the Traeger. And now I would tell you, the Timberline Series, 
smack daddy. But the Iron 885 is just doing fine. Big grill, a lot of space, lots of wings. Brit, we've done, what have we done? Wings, brisket, a roast, steaks, chops, vegetables. Uh, breakfast hash. Breakfast hash. Yes, we did. It was good. Um, any cast iron? You want to cook on cast iron? You want to cook on a pizza stone? Uh, you want to wrap something in foil? You want to get do salmon? You can do salmon, whitefish, you name it. Everything yep. you want, you can do it on a Traeger smoker. That's where I would go. But they've got Yoder, Big Green Egg, you name it. To get the best equipment in the barbecue business, make sure you go to barbecuepitstopbbqpitstop.com. Don't forget, make sure you tell them, hey, Monty said that the greatest single seasoning in the history of life is the Flavor Knuckles Asado Seasoning. To which I say, yeah, man, that's exactly right. Yeah. And you'll notice what that's a screenshot of. It is the Barbecue Pit Stop website. You can chat with them right there in the box at the bottom. Hook it up, Barbecue Pit Stop. Logan, Lehigh, Layton, St. George, and Murray. Tell me you heard about it on the Monty Show. And there it is, the asado seasoning that you absolutely positively must have. Yeah. Right here on the Monty Show. All right, let's get into this Amazon thing because I, I'm... I was fascinated by this conversation if you're just tuning in. Earlier, we talked about the fact that Amazon really is controlling the college football world. And we've been reporting since early September that Amazon has been trying to get into the college football game. Um, And Amazon, over the last couple of weeks, has made that very, very clear. And they're actually talking about it in public now uh, on the Andrew Marshan, John Arand uh, podcast. Um, and it is, it, it's amazing that their director of sports content straight up said, we want college football. She straight up said yesterday, we want college football. And what I'm telling you is, is that's going to happen. It's not a matter of if, but when and with who. And I think their best bet is probably the Big 12. I think the Big 10 is in a very precarious situation in that financially expanding right now is going to be a challenge. And I know that Amazon would love a Friday, Saturday college football offering on Prime Video. And I think their best way to get that done is through the Big 12 and secondarily through the Pac-12. But the difference here, as we talked about yesterday on the show, is that Amazon Prime wants to be the tier two provider for Pac-12 football, which means the second best game, those prime late night games, would be on Amazon Prime. But I also think they're worried about the quality of those matchups. And when you look at UCLA and USC leaving the conference, the dearth of quality matchups is a real problem. And you look at the inability of George Klyovkov to get his arms around his membership, and you hear all of these rumors where Washington and Oregon are leaving for the the Big Ten, it's just a matter of time. You actually start to understand it's just a matter of time. And then yesterday... Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark went down to Orlando to visit uh, our good friends at University of Central Florida, and he answered questions directly about streaming. How do you look at streaming as part of the television packages you're creating? I think streaming's critically important. It's a way to reach younger consumers. Um, uh, but I think right now, my goal is to be on the broadest base platform possible. Because we need to grow some of our emerging brands. We, we need to distribute the Big 12 uh, as broadly as possible. Uh, but there's a place for that digital player. And, you know, currently with ESPN, we have Big 12 now on ESPN+. Plus. And as we continue the conversations with ESPN, I know there's a commitment 
um, to glamorizing us and showcasing us in the biggest way possible on their digital platform. And you'll see that in advance of any kind of extension, because uh, we've got two more years after this one on our current deal. So digital plays a key component, and it's part of the mix. Well, I think that's huge. And when you, you listen to Brett Yormark talk about, hey, you know, as a commissioner on the Big 12, here's what I'm after. Very clearly, he understands that Amazon is a major player in college football. And I would go as far as to say, Amazon's controlling college football expansion right now. And, and the other interesting part of this, specifically if you're a Utah fan, what do you hear when you hear Brett Yormark, the commissioner of the, the Big 12, talking about expanding. You talked a little bit about expanding. Is that something maybe you have to do, maybe because to, to, to provide a little bit of stability? Well, first of all, I love the composition of this conference right now. You know, the eight continuing members and, and the new four members. Uh, and very proud of kind of what's been done prior to my arrival, especially on the expansion front. So we don't have to expand. Only if it's additive, only if it creates value, only if it gets us into a fourth time zone. And another component, it needs to be the right cultural fit, whatever that member institution is. We've got great alignment right now amongst our board, amongst our member institutions. We can't compromise that at all. Um, so, you know, as much as I think about expansion, um, I'm also very happy where we are today. And if a year from now it's just, you know, the 12, that's great. No problem with that at all. I'm I'm curious, what is a Utah fan you hear when you say Brett Yormark talking about expansion when he says, hey, we'll only expand if we add a fourth time zone? Well, that's, to me, the Pacific. He's talking about the Pacific time zone because he's got Central, he's got Mountain, and he's got Eastern. So yeah. that would be the Pacific time zone. And what I hear is that's not excluding Utah. He will only expand if he gets, you know, let's say San Diego State if he can get Stanford or Cal. But when you hear these rumors about, hey, the Big Ten wants to add travel partners for USC and UCLA, I don't think they want to. I think they know they need to. Yeah. And yeah. I think when you look at who those travel partners are, almost certainly it has to be Cal to match with UCLA, right? So to me, it's Oregon, Washington. I think it's Cal and Stanford to the Big Ten. I think it's going to be very interesting to see where Oregon State and Washington State end up. And I think if you are somebody that is watching the Big 12 and you are watching the Pac-12, in my opinion, I think you have to be wondering, is he talking about San Diego State? Is he talking about the Arizona schools? Well, the Arizona schools are actually half the year in the mountain time zone, so that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Yeah. But are you telling me that the Big 12 and the commissioner of the Big 12 is kicking the Arizona schools out of bed? Are you telling me that the commissioner of the Big 12 is not readily willing to accept Utah, the Arizona schools in San Diego State? I think he absolutely is because there's no business but business in Southern California if you're the Big 12. If you can get San Diego State to join your conference, are you going to say no? Furthermore, if you're the Big 12 and you know you have this deal in place, because my opinion is, my firm opinion is, they've got a $30 million per season deal, and, and I believe the actual number is $32.5 million dollars, with ESPN as their tier one provider, I think it makes perfect sense for Amazon to swoop in and be the tier two provider for the Big 12. Yeah, And I think Brett Yormark is very smart. This is a guy that came from Rock Nation. Let's not forget that. That's an entertainment juggernaut. I think Brett Yormark's very smart here. 
I think whoever gets that Amazon deal first between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 is in the driver's seat. Because I also don't have delusions of grandeur that say the Big 12 is in far more, you know, place of leverage when it comes to TV negotiating. I think ESPN and Amazon are the people that are in the, the position of leverage. Truly, I believe Amazon is controlling college football. I think it's controlling college football expansion. And I think the next iteration of college football will be controlled and largely influenced by those conferences that make deals with a streamer like Amazon. And Amazon, on the record now, has said, we want a Friday, Saturday college football offering. I don't think there's any doubt the Big 12 fits that bill. But they need to add four more teams, in my opinion. They need to add four more teams. And I think one of those teams has to be San Diego State. And I think there is an arms race between the Pac-12 and the Big 12. And the other conference that I will again point out here, what is the Mountain West doing? You're getting a new commissioner at the end of the year. I'm curious. Where does the, the Mountain West play out in all this? Does the Mountain West end up keeping San Diego State? Do they add Oregon State and Washington State? And then do they get a, 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 an upgraded TV contract? You would think so. But what does that do to the Big 12 or the Pac-12? Because I don't see Big 12 teams leaving to go to the Pac-12. That makes no sense whatsoever. But if you're the Big 12 and you can add those Arizona, Utah, San Diego State schools, why would you say no to that? Why would you say no to that? That makes no sense at all. And if you can get Amazon on on your in your deal and you can add revenue that's going to get your, your schools up to $50 million, because if, if ESPN's in tier one, Amazon's in tier two, and you have a Fox as tier three, boy, now you're cooking with gas. Because Fox doesn't need tier two content. What Fox needs is the occasional game here and there. What Fox needs is the ability to matchmake their Big Ten contract with the Big 12, with the SEC. Who's in control of those things? Well, that's ESPN. So these guys all understand now. I think CBS, Fox, ESPN, I think they all understand that Amazon is actually an asset for them, not an adversary. I think it's, Amazon is going to save those networks money. I think Amazon is going to take crappy games in the beginning. And I think Amazon absolutely gives Fox the content it needs because Amazon is not going to be interested in terrible games. They're not. And I think Fox... Fox, what is Fox going to do with FS1? Are you telling me that a, an Arizona, an Arizona Oklahoma State game doesn't end up on a Friday night on on Fox Sports One? I think it absolutely does. On a on a midday Saturday broadcast, are you telling me Arizona State and you know Kansas State? That's not a big draw on TV. But are you telling me that FS1 wouldn't love to have that in the middle of a Saturday afternoon? Absolutely they would. I think there's absolutely been a change in the way, and I've been told this multiple times by TV industry sources, there's been a change in the way these contracts are being negotiated. The relationship between the big players at the network level and Amazon has not only opened up, it's expanded and grown. Because I think they all know they need each other. Yeah. There you go. I feel better like I've almost let out, you know, some bloodletting. Yeah, and there stuff, you go. You know. Yep. We'll see. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, how comfortable are you watching major college football on Amazon? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what the I, – I don't know exactly yet. I mean, I think that I'm just now kind of getting somewhat comfortable with Thursday night on Amazon. I, 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 but I'm not, I'm not, like, sitting here, like, lit up about, oh, hey, 
it's it's on Amazon. That means I'm excited about it. That there's not there's not like a thing that makes Amazon that much more exciting. I I, I like would agree. I, I like the prospect of you know this the future like it, you know mulling around about like an Amazon all encompassing package maybe or something like that. I mean yeah. that would be a reason to be excited for sure. But right now it's just like all right yeah. And so Monday is on ESPN. Thursday's on Amazon. You know next Sunday is on CBS. Like dude like. It's just all over the place, and that is what I think burns people out. I, I absolutely think it burns people out. I mean, the Major League Baseball playoffs were the perfect example of this. Like, is it on? Fox? I couldn't tell you what is it what, on. What is it even on? I don't know I, what it's on tonight. I don't. I, I think the World Series is on. Um, I'm thinking that's Fox. Fox. Yeah, I think that's Fox. Um, but I, I mean, I could be. It, it's crazy that I don't know the answer to this. Uh, I could be wrong. Off the top of my head, I don't know. And it is on Fox six oh three. Phillies and that cheating team from Houston garbage who I will never say their name again uh, that they will always be the cheaters from Houston period because it's garbage yeah they are garbage uh all right let's get a couple of your thoughts in here uh Brett Burnett says the conference with the most leverage are the ones that consistently win winning is a solution for the long term yeah no doubt about that San Diego State and Boise State to the Pac-12 Tom Basilius says I don't think Boise State's ready for that move yeah. I think Boise State has to finish their facilities build out first. It just I think they cannot recruit to compete at that level. I think that's a huge problem. Tom also says, what is why is Colorado so bad? Because they're a learning institution. They are not an athletic institution. Excuse me, it's an institute of higher learning. Thank you. They're Thank a you. they're a bunch of learned doctors. Thank you. Um they don't invest in football first. They never have and they never will. Uh, Rant says SEC and Big Ten and everyone else about the same. Yeah, I think I think one of these other conferences needs a big push. Yeah, agreed. I do. All right, before we get out of here, yeah, let's make a final prediction on BYU and East Carolina. East Carolina. East Carolina. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 35-31, and I'm gonna go BYU, and I'm gonna look like an idiot what tomorrow. The, you know what? I'm done. 35-31, and you're going East Carolina. No, I'm going BYU. Why would you pick East Carolina in this game? What? Do you guys see what I have to work with? Uh, 38-30, BYU wins. I think Jaron's going to have a game. Uh, I'm curious to see what they do in the backfield. Yeah. 38-30, BYU over East Carolina. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, so we both think it's in the 30s. East Carolina yeah. is going to lose. In the 30s. Yeah. BYU wins. I think Jaron has a big game. And I, I am foolishly and probably, you know, maybe I need hallucinogens. Ayahuasca. But I'm floating away in pee right now, so I can't really think about that. I think without <laughs> a doubt, this is a, a, a better defense tonight for BYU. I hope so, man. That's what I think. All right, we will be back on Monday. Make sure you go and subscribe right now to the Utah Grizzlies uh, YouTube channel because uh, we're going to be uh, broadcasting tonight. Tyson Wedding and I will have the call in Bless Idaho. Uh, watch Inside the Grizzlies. We work very hard on that show on their YouTube channel as well. Uh, and until tomorrow, Jake, or until Monday. Wow. Monday. Until Monday, Jake. Say goodbye. Goodbye, Jake.